Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. Are you ready now? Oh, I'm sure this is math. Tom. <laughs> Robert. Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. Well, let's go. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? So here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super autopilot geeks. Oh, yeah, the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. Tesla. You don't even have Tesla. Yep. I remember that. You've got a Model I've X. seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Look, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Talking Tesla 68. Tom's already pissed off. And there's no better show <laughs> than when Tom is pissed off. Oh, I'm fired up. Robert fired did up. a shift last night, saved lots of lives, got off his oh. big fat ass and drove 50 miles to come and do the show. We really appreciate that. He's You're a fired. good man. He's Thank fired you. down. So he's probably going to sleep through most of the show, <laughs> except uh, when Tom is yelling. Look, I just got back from the uh, new that is Zealand. No, no, <laughs> wait, that is incorrect. Wait, that is incorrect. Wait for it, and I've got to tell you. First of all, beautiful country. Yeah, uh, feel guilty as an Australian uh, growing up next door to the New Zealand that I know nothing about it. Had you ever been there before? I've been to the airport twenty times. Really? I finally got out of the airport. airport. This is the first time you've left the airport. First time I've left the airport. When you were like running drugs? No. (laughs) It used to be in the back in the day, they didn't have direct flights to the States. So you'd have to go Australia, New Zealand, Hawaii, LA kind of stuff. Pick up some of those islanders on your way because there's no one coming. That's right. Then they added some fuel, helium, I believe it was. (laughs) Uh, That's accurate. (laughs) And then you could uh, go direct. But back in the day, I used to go to the New Zealand airport at all. Anyway, the point is. What? what a stunningly beautiful, amazing yeah. island. And what's weird, Thomas and uh, Robert, let me just tell you this. What? It's only a short hundred million years ago that New Zealand was attached to Australia. Oh. Mm. It broke off, waved goodbye and says, keep your snakes and your spiders. <laughs> We're going over here. We're going to produce no an island. No snakes and spiders? No. We're just keeping the sheep. It's We're going to keep the green stuff and uh, make it a paradise without the bitey things. Huh. It is absolutely gorgeous. You in Australia can keep your spiders and snakes, <laughs> have them evolve so that they just want to kill everything. There should be some mythology about like uh, uh, somebody that hated snakes that like pushed New Zealand off of Australia to like clear it from the mm. – to have it be a safe place. Like the Maui hook in Hawaii. What's the Maui hook? You don't know the story of the Maui no. hook. You know that little hook the that Maui you can buy hook. all over Hawaii? Yes. Like yes. Necklace, right? I thought it's for The story fish. is – that there was a guy fishing. Yeah. Big guy, and, and probably. A big guy. He was fishing, and that hook hooked the islands, and he pulled them up out of the ocean. That's the story of the Maui hook. Oh. Well, that actually happened, so <laughs> no, that's, that's not very That's also story. not accurate. There was a volcanic situation. Oh, there was, and there was a lot of noxious gases. My bad. What, anyway. Ron, we're not talking about the room. Not the buttocks. We're not talking about the room here. Um, so New Zealand, fantastic. Uh-huh. Cece got married. It was Wonderful, she's wonderful, uh, beautiful <laughs> wedding, so many rock stars uh-huh. in addition to Cece and all her friends. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, pretty amazing. But can I bitch about something? Oh, I have a question about where you stayed. Did you stay at the Hilton Shire? Where did you stay when you were in New Zealand? <laughs> Hobbitown. Oh, can I bitch some more? All right. Hobbiton. Hobbiton. Um, so there's this place called Hobbiton. Um, there's this, I don't know if you know That's it. That's not true. Yeah, it's called Hobbitown. 
And uh, there's this place where they shot a couple of movies. I don't know if you know them. Uh, the Hobbit movies, uh, you know, <laughs> Peter Jackson. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings series. I don't Tolkien. know. Maybe one of the greatest you know, trilogies of all time. They shot it, uh, the outside shots there at, uh, at the Zealand. That is new. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what they did after the Hobbit movie is that they basically left the Shire intact and they sort of left it there. Mm-hmm. So you can go visit it. It's a tourist attraction. Of course nice. it is. Why wouldn't it be? And you pay money. Yeah. So we drove two and a half hours south from Auckland to go to the Hobbit town. Mike and I were so excited. We are just so into these movies. Yeah. We were wetting ourselves. We get there. Uh-huh. And they say, we're sold out. <laughs> I'm like, Excuse me, we just flew There's from no Los more Angeles. Room in uh-huh. the Shire for you. <laughs> we drove two and a half hours, and you're telling me that this amusement park uh-huh. is sold out. Uh huh. And they said, "Yes, I'm sorry." <laughs> and I'm you like, drove there. "This is not King America, is it?" Because when Disneyland is full and you have 180 dollars. Come on in. No, that shit, they, that sells out. They will close Disneyland they as well. They will? It takes a lot of people, but they will Holy close the gate. Hell. So did you just hit the gift store, buy some of the big feet, and uh, hit the, the We big, went to the gift store, feet? which i got to say is pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> because they're not into the consumerism and it's not no, run by Disney? No, they're into consumerism, but it, was just, it wasn't that good. So we um, left there. But thankfully, five hours. we asked the lady yeah. at the front thing, is there anything else to see? And she's like, well, it's a beautiful waterfall down there. So we went and drove to a, a national park mm-hmm. and we walked um, an hour up into the rainforest yeah. to this beautiful waterfall, walked back, and we saw a series of Hobbits in their natural habitat. I would oh like to God. say that was probably a better thing that you see than going into Hobbiton. Still, I'm pissed about it. I'm, I'm, so I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures here of uh, was it Hamilton? Hamilton, yeah, just yeah. outside of Hamilton. God, it's gorgeous. I wonder who keeps up the gardens. So I, a few I, other things. Think... Let me just tell you this. Second uh, of all, in Auckland, which is, I believe, the most populous city in all of New Zealand, most popular or most populous, populous. Okay. Uh, I saw exactly, let me count them, zero electric cars. Zero? Zero. Not one? Micah, my son, oh. said he saw one. What was it? A leaf. Mm. I saw zero. Cerro, nada. And uh, the other thing is, can I just bitch about uh, cell phone companies? I mean, why wouldn't you? I know you? this is talking Tesla, so why wouldn't we talk about cell phone Well, we talk about te- technology. Why can't you go to another country I don't that know. is like uh, in the world that is first? Wow. Why can't you go to a first world country and use your cell phone without being abused by the cell phone manufacturer companies like AT&T and Verizon? You go there and if you turn on data roaming, uh-huh. uh, it's approximately ka-ching, $1 ka-ching. trillion dollars per second. Oh my goodness. Even if you leave ahead of time and you buy your data uh, plan, it's like four megabytes yeah. for $82. I bought $180,000 worth of data, which was <laughs> one megabyte. <laughs> It's really quite silly. But, you know, yeah. I think back in the day when I used to be in Australia or in, a, in the States and, and calling internationally, remember how it used to be like 10 bucks per second? So you'd call your dying grandmother and like, yeah. Grandma, I love you a long time. Bye. It's too expensive. Click. Yeah. So maybe cell phones will get to that point. But it's ridiculous. You can't go to these countries and use your phone and use some data without being hurt. But if you have – do you not have an unlocked iPhone? Like a factory so unlocked iPhone? Can't he, you just buy a SIM at the airport? That's not, what people tell me. It's not so simple, Why mate. Why is that? Oh, I didn't do it this time, but last time I was in Australia, to get an, a SIM, mm-hmm. you've got to like give them your firstborn. Where, what's your, where do you live? And I mean, blah, blah, blah. he's tall and all, but like, do you need him? Uh, he eats a lot of food. That's true. So what I have, for those of you that do this, uh, international travelers, I have a T-Mobile phone here in the States, which yeah. has... Uh, 
less than adequate coverage in most of the United States. But when you go to Australia and Chile and all these countries, you get 2G for free. So you can basically check your email and use your maps and you can't surf because it's too way too slow. So that saved my buttocks. Nice. Mm. But so you can't just get a SIM in the airport, throw it in your world phone. It doesn't. I've tried that so many times, and you know, international travelers who do this a lot. I've been yeah. to England, Australia, right. and, this, mm-hmm. and you try and get a SIM, and it doesn't fit, or they're slicing it with a scissors, or they're asking you for you know your social security number and a thousand dollars down. It's not like it is in the movies. So Sucks. you go to New Zealand, Jason Bourne. You see got, no hobbits. No hobbits. You get kicked out of the Shire, even yeah. though there's always supposed to be room yeah. in the Shire. Yeah. Right. No EVs. None. We don't believe that your son saw one because he's crazy. Man. Yeah, he's, you know, like there's he something wrong probably with didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. It's got right. issues. So no hobbits, no EVs. Uh, sheep? Did you see any sheep at least? Get, uh, let's go on. Uh, sorry, New Zealand. <laughs> I used to be able to do a slew of sheep jokes about New Zealand growing up as an Australian uh-huh. because there were 300 million sheep in New Zealand uh-huh. and 3 million people. Uh-huh. And there was a whole, you know... Jokes you could do about that and of per- certain sexuality things. <laughs> but apparently the New Zealanders have realized there's more money in beef than sheep. And so all you see everywhere you drive now is not sheep but cattle. Oh, no. Mm. And they're farting out Creating their methane. methane. It's disgusting. All right. I'm just saying. So New Zealand they wrecked all the jokes. The New Zealand wasn't everything you wanted it to be except for one amazing show producer got married. Congratulations, uh, Cece. She was uh, the beautiful bride. Beautiful was photos. Wonderful. Even you were able to take a beautiful photo. So Tom is a professional photographer. That's correct. He knows how to take a picture. That's true. I am um, not. I've done weddings too. But I have a camera. Yeah. With a large memory card. So what do you do when you're not good at taking photos? <laughs> take a lot of them. You take a lot of them. And I took an enormous amount. And one in ten of them are okay. You want to know what the problem with that is? Well, you know how long it takes to edit a lot of photos? Like a that? long time. A long time. I think time. I'm just going to hand uh, CC the memory yeah, card. Yeah, that's say, probably the book. Here's the your wedding present. Right good luck. Yeah. Google. I, I like you, those uh, Apple books. Can you still get those? Yeah. Are still Those are cool things to make oh. out of photos. I'm going to make one. Played with yeah. those. Yeah, they're fun. Fifteen hundred pictures in a two-hour time frame. I use a couple as my as portfolios of like jobs that I shot. Just mm-hmm. put them, make a book. Yeah, I've got probably like ten projects like that. Do waiting. you do you think anybody's listening to the show? Uh, I think, think everybody's probably left. We'll probably get a letter about, hey, buddy, we don't give a <laughs> about your personal lives. Move on. Either that or five of our listeners have died because the autopilot's not yet turned on. They're listening to this and falling asleep at the wheel. Uh, but at least they're, 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 they're seeing our little symbol in their heads-up display. on their, They're seeing our logo but as they listen. Talk about the big secret meeting. If you go to EV Annex and you listen to Matt Shh, Pressman, as you should. It's a secret. Don't tell anyone. There was a big secret meeting. Now, I was in New Zealand uh, while this happened. And Robert uh, was, uh, you know, holding a shift open for weeks to months. And then it turns out that the Gigafactory event was a secret meeting with just some executives from investment companies. Amazing crap. I had that all set aside, <laughs> waiting to go, heard nothing, and obviously I'm not important. No. So what Sorry. they said, although we don't really know what they said, they said, uh, look, hey, guess what? The Gig Factory is officially live. It's officially huge. It's officially growing and officially making the new cells. Is and it officially they- huge? 
Oh, it's huge. I know it's huge, but is it officially huge? Oh, I think and, it's officially huge. And how huge. do you get official hugeness designation? You, I think that comes from the president-elect, the huge. Yeah. You're, you're walking through and you're like, that is huge. Oh, I knew that. Huge. I didn't even think we were going to go there, but that's impressively done, Robert. I can't not. So they're already making utility-scale batteries. They don't really know what the private investor meeting at this uh, thing was about. But I'm about to quote you from this article because it's really interesting to me. So Morgan Stanley analyst... Adam Jonas wrote, As the bus drove up to the massive plant yesterday morning, one could not help but notice the hundreds of cars in the parking lot from the construction crew. Yes, roughly half of those vehicles were pickup trucks. Part of the 2,100 construction workers running two shifts per day to the extent that the creation of high-tech manufacturing jobs in the United States is a priority of the incoming administration, we believe Mr. Musk might have some interests that could be very much in line with those of President-elect Trump. I would like to commend you on your voice Thank of you. Adam Jonas right there. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but it was nice. He's Thank channeling. You. He's Thank channeling. you. Uh, I'm sorry, Adam. Um, <laughs> that's just all I got. Furthermore, Electric reported that investors attending the closed Gigafactory meeting relayed that Elon Musk had actually said that, and I quote, the president-elect has strong emphasis on U.S. manufacturing, and so do we. We are building the biggest factory in the world right here, creating U.S. jobs. I think we will see some surprising things from the next administration. We don't think that they will be negative on fossil fuels, but... They may be positive on renewables. To add more intrigue, yesterday, Musk arrived at Trump Tower to meet with senior Trump staff. That is more intrigue. And it was huge. I'm intrigued. <laughs> it was huge. Let me continue quoting because oh, uh, I'm really into it right now. Other Wall Street analysts provided feedback from their Gigafactory meeting with Musk. RBC Capital Markets analyst Joseph Spack. <laughs> I think you got that one. Reported that the Gigafactory is indeed extraordinarily impressive and massive. Wow, that's good reporting. So, Tom, yeah, the analysts went there. They were impressed. It's big. It's huge. It's large. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about the stock price. What's going on with today? The stock price? Yesterday's stock price, very late in the evening, was two twenty nine oh one. I'm not sure if it's that today, but it's but I did a little, a little bit of higher. math yesterday. What year and month did you buy your car? Did you buy it sometime around May of 2013, potentially? I don't really want to talk about this. Uh, Robert bought his in 2013. Okay, so yeah. 2013, the shares of Tesla stock in 2013 was $54.55. <laughs> if you purchased a Tesla for $90,000, and you probably did, let's be, <laughs> let's, honest. Be let's be honest, you could have bought 1,649 shares of Tesla stock instead of your Tesla, however, yes. and today that stock would be worth $377,818. But I wouldn't be here because I wouldn't have a Tesla. But you might still be here because you, you might, might have, have two four. Teslas. You could have four Teslas. <laughs> You know, uh, you should never do this because I've done the I same thing. I don't know thing. what happened to me last night and why this hit <laughs> me, but you funny. asked me to look at the stock price. Uh, I hit the five-year, and then I just went back to see like some dates, historic dates, and right. I was like, wow, that is Imagine impressive. Imagine if you owned a road – if you own a roadster – and you bought it about the time Tesla went public oh, for my like goodness. $18. Yeah, you'd be worth $100 billion. So, you know, I found that in the news feed that we get for Tesla, there have been quite a number, quite a number of uh, stock analysts and large companies, you know, like these uh, mutual fund type companies that have been buying large portions of Tesla, like 6,000 shares at a time. So a lot of these big organizations are going bullish on Tesla after, what, 
years, months of just mm. downbeating, downbeating, mm. downbeating. And now they listen the, to the show. price is nice and firm and, and my opportunity to buy at 180 is gone. Yeah. I dollar cost average myself at 180 a little bit. You're awesome. I uh, I don't have Tesla stock. I considered it a conflict of interest because of doing the show. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Then I read that and I'm like, it's conflict of interest. <laughs> Why do you think it's a conflict of interest? Just out of curiosity. Well, because of this foolish notion that you know, are you going to people listen to the show? You're talking gonna... shit about the car. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, I thought I. You know, bitch it might less it about might, the Falcon wing. If doors. I don't bitch, people will say you're not bitching because you own stock and you're you know you're not being real. You're not keeping it real. I mean, I guess if you own like 50 million shares of stock. But if you own a couple hundred, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? And well, if I I'm going to buy the stock, I want to buy some but, stock. But I my guess is you have a mutual fund anyways, and they probably own some Tesla stock. I have no idea what they package. own. They probably own, you know, dinosaur If it's oil. a market index stock fund, then they own some Tesla. Um, there is a website, and I can't remember the name of it. You can play the same game with Apple Computer. If you uh, go back in time. Oh, yeah. We do, we've done this, me and, and you. It's spent ugly. three thousand. Yeah, we used to do this. It was fun back in the day when Tom and I used to work in the same office right here. We'd look up um, the first Apple computer that you bought. Yeah, three or four thousand dollars. Very expensive in the time. Yeah. If you had a bought Apple stock, you would have not hundreds of thousands of dollars, <laughs> millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, uh, if all of the so computers sad. I ever Take bought. This little device here and open it up. Although, what is that? A time machine? Is he opening no, a time machine? No, I'm opening up something to benefit me in cocaine. light of all of this discussion. I'm unwrapping two Rolaids because you guys are giving me fucking gastritis with this. Talk. Right, but the other, but let me That's let's upsetting. be honest. The other side of that is, if it wasn't for people buying the cars and the computers, then yes. the stock price doesn't go up anyways, right? So, right. It's so sort of, basically, I'm spending a bunch of money and making other people wealthy. Or what you could have done is yeah. spent ninety thousand on a Tesla. And at the same time, put 90000 into Tesla stock, you would have paid for the car, mm, been in business, yeah. and then we wouldn't be on the show I'm because just saying, you'd be in the Southeast Asia. If I had a time beach. machine. If. We all had time machines. If I had a time machine, I would be a pretty good investor. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> right. And this doesn't mean like in the future this is a good idea. Their market cap is above or right around what Ford's is. Yeah. Really? So and please do not buy stock all... based on these idiots here. Just let's be very clear. Oh, no. But if you could go back in time and buy yes, stock based on – We are very good at what we do. We should all be <laughs> hanging out there at the beginning buying the IPO. Let's talk autonomous driving. So I have uh, hardware 2.0, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I bought a new Tesla. It arrived over the Christmas break. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then I had to fly off to New Zealand. So I've only driven about 40 miles in the new car, which <laughs> I is <offered> – I <laughs> offered to drive it while you are gone. I could have taken care of could've... all of this calibration for you. Yeah, right. And so so after 40 miles, I still have absolutely zero autonomous driving. I don't even have cruise control. <laughs> and I try and turn it on and it goes, did it, did it, uh, calibrating, uh, calibrating, uh, calibrating. So it doesn't say that, right? And no, it actually just goes, did it, did it, did it. <laughs> it's actually, you know, they're going to dump you from that thousand. I know. Uh, I'm so worried about people. that. Like they're tracking every one of these first thousand people that got this software update. And, and they say, see that my car's been parked for a week. And they're like, right. this guy's an idiot. My guess is you're not alone in the pantheon of Tesla owners. Probably like, I don't know. I think I'll drive the Pantera this week. Little throwback there, Robert. <laughs> so there's some yeah, no there's, no chance. There's some videos popping up that actually uh, showing that this thing is starting to work, um, and at under 35 miles an hour in traffic, it's starting to work. There's videos showing that it's actually starting to see stop signs, but not actually stopping. So uh, anybody can see a stop sign. <laughs> 
it's what the, are you saying, Tim? It's the stopping right. that's really the critical that's, part of the stop sign. That's very right? Seinfeldian of you. <laughs> I think we all remember back when uh, Jerry was getting very it's upset. It's not but. funny if you give him the reference, oh, just so you sorry. know. I'm just saying. You can <laughs> – you can take the reservation. You can take the reservation, but it's really the keeping the reservation <laughs> that's the key. So I'm just saying it's learning. It's seeing stop signs, and it's just letting people know we're learning here. Everybody's learning. We're looking around. It's all good. So if it was talking, as you made it alluded to, it'd be like, that's a stop sign. You're you blowing through it right through. now. That's Excellent work. Well, there's a stop sign coming up. <laughs> that's a stop sign. Yeah, I got that right. one. Yo, hey, yo, hey. That's hey. a stop sign over there on the right. That's uh, that's for you, buddy. Hey, uh, there's a corner coming up that you are going to uh, sort of blow through at 100 miles an hour that you're driving at right now. Uh, so good luck with that. So good autonomous driving coming, working for 1,000 cars. And I bet you there's another – Hundred, not a hundred thousand, but another two or three thousand. I bet there's not even actually that many new autopilot cars on the road right now. Not so many. when you say the thousand, that could be most of them. It could be all of them. We didn't think about that before, right? Like the number. What's the real number? Anywho, so and there could be the other ones are out there learning, seeing stop signs, just not letting people know, not getting the audible beeping and such. I'm just saying. I'm going to drive around some more today. It's raining too. I want it to calibrate. I would like to try it out. And yeah. let us know what you feel about traction-wise because now you have the D versus the non-D. Get a mm. feel for the rain, turning corners. Do you feel a little more Better solid? Better yet, drive it? up to the grapevine and right wood and drive through some snow. And Yeah. It's all slush. See, I wish, you know, this is this is the exact reason why Tesla should give some of us preferential treatment and maybe even a discount on a car because here's a picture. I don't know if I tweeted this yet, but <laughs> here's a picture from the car from just the other day. Yeah, eighty thousand miles. That. Yeah, hello. Yeah, so lots lots of experience driving. I would like to be driving and helping them to calibrate the new system, but instead. But you don't have a car with the new hardware, or do you? Well, so I put down my twenty five hundred dollars. I didn't realize that now it's only twenty five hundred. You have to put down. It used to be when I bought mine, it was five grand. Yes. So I put my twenty five hundred down. I I put it all together in the in the store, and then I went and drove the car. You know, online store. Then I went and drove the car, and I um, got to look at the dash options because they don't have my favorite anymore, the Obechi Wood. Ah, uh, the yeah. Obechi. And then I also looked at the roof options. And yes. so I made a picture of this controversy that Tesla has created, this conundrum, this – The panna that's not. problem roof system. Uh-huh. So now they're calling the plain roof body color roof. Yes. Uh-huh. Then they've got the new – Glass roof. Oh, that's or, how they're going to call it. As now. they would glass say in other parts. Yeah, gloss roof. Glass. So it's gloss. No panorama anymore. The rude panorama has been stricken from Tesla, except for other places on the website they need to clean up. And the the sunroof, the moonroof, the whatever roof is now called a sunroof. The one that opens. The one that opens. Is and called has satellite sunroof. radio attached to it somehow. That's correct. Now, I just recently spent some time researching this very thing at the Burbank Tesla Service Center. Tell us, Tom. So I was charging my Tesla one morning because I needed to charge it and go to the Swedish – You were charging it because you needed to charge Swedish it. The Swedish superstore. Oh, you were going it, to buy some Swedish fish? Oh, you're going to the eye that is – That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Go but I, but and, and a friend of mine was who lives in the neighborhood drove down and hung out with me while I was supercharging. That was the real reason I stayed as long as I did. And mm-hmm. usually that supercharger is very heavily impacted. But right. it was early Sunday morning and no one was there. Wow. 
That's I, impressive. I tweeted out a little bit. Some exes showed up. One lady showed up in in a in an ex, parked it, charged it. Somebody picked her up in his convertible Mercedes, spent mm. five minutes putting the top down, and they drove away. And she just left her car there to charge. She did come back in a timely amount of 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 time period, of time, but. But what I wanted to say is walking around that parking lot, looking at all the cars parked there, Yes, no glass roofs. They're all sunroofs. Almost no one. So I drove the glass roof, right? It's called the glass roof. Uh-huh. I have to check my picture. And you know Sarah. why it's called that? Because it's, it's made out of what? glass. Oh, that's interesting. But it's impressive because in the, the, the sidebar that's just above your forehead in the Model S, right, attached to the A pillars, from there – all the way back to where the back hatch is, is all gloss. It's amazing. So there is a sort of a, a pillar between the A pillars. Yes, in the very front. In okay, because I was wondering about that. It's like, what happens when you flip your car right, if they but, don't have But a if it's not on there? the B pillar, then that's actually potentially problematic. Although I bet you they made that B pillar super, super strong. So if it rolls over, it doesn't crush. But that could be problematic in my Here's opinion. a picture of me I took from my lap sitting in the driver's seat. Wow. And you can see behind me, it's almost as if I'm not in a car. No, it looks like you're in a, uh, outside just, in a tractor. Yeah, I'm sitting outside between a couple of buildings. And then I did the <laughs> same thing from the front seat. Oh, so here's in the back seat. It's hard to actually see because there's all these reflections. That and you're clearly not a photographer. <laughs> the gloss. <laughs> Tom, screw you. What an asshole. <laughs> I think this, this is a picture of me in the back seat. Uh-huh. I didn't reorient it. It's amazing. It's yeah. just Does it amazing. feel completely wide open and wonderful? Or oh, is yeah. It like- well, if you're in the back seat, it's fantastic. If in your front seat, hopefully you're actually looking forward mm. and paying attention to sense. where you're freaking driving. Unless you're in the passenger seat. I did see something else that was really interesting. So this car... You'll notice – I'm going to turn this – no, it doesn't help. Mm-hmm. You, you'll notice there's the little – I pulled up this little screen because I went there and I said I wanted to drive a 90D. I didn't want to be, you know, like upsold to a 100D ludicrous and end up spending an extra $44,000. You didn't want Tesla's to? not like that, right? <laughs> no. No. They would and never. So we get in the car and I'm like, this is a 90D car. And the guy says, yeah, well, hang on a second. And he goes to this screen and – the what Tesla screen where you push not... the Tesla screen. Right. It says about your Tesla. It's where you push the little Tesla symbol. Where you and, name it. And then, boom, the box comes up. And it had this little drop-down menu. It says performance mode 90D, but there's a drop-down menu? So There's what? a drop-down menu. And this dude pops the drop-down menu. And all of a sudden, this car can be everything mm. holy testic what's going on with this drop down menu this it's like a 60 menu? a 60d a 75 a 75d a 90 so this is their demo 100. car what is this yes. magic that you show us so this turns out to be a p100d ludicrous with a drop down menu and then you can choose what type of car you want it to perform as oh, i want, my I want God. that car I want that. <laughs> that's pretty sweet so then i thought ah oh, you know and nobody confirmed this, but I thought to myself, self, self. 
Thank you. <laughs> you can't say self when he's saying self. Well, that's true, but I wanted to help him. Okay, good. That would make us kind of bipolar, wouldn't it? <laughs> Something. Or dual personality. Something. And so I thought self, this means that now I'm buying a 90D, which was probably a 100D, and they're just oh. going to scooch you a little money out of me in the future when they say, oh, Guess what, sir? I so hope that's you true. You have a hundred D. It does so kind of make sense, right? True. Because it's like that's then it's two batteries, right? Sixty, seventy-five, ninety, one hundred. Yeah. Would make sense. It makes it? a lot of sense, and I would love to think that I have a hundred kilowatt right. hour battery in my right. car. That one day they'll go. Oh, by the way, Mel. Give us some more cash, have some more rent. Not if they listen to this show. They no, won't. they're probably not going to do anything. <laughs> and it was fast. And then put it into P100D ludicrous mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. Forget Crazy. about it. Forget Crazy. Forget it. Yeah, I have the I have the 90D, and I got to say, I had the standard 85 single motor. The 90D feels about 8.7 times faster than the other one, and I thought the other one was ridiculously fast. Now it's stupidly fast. But the 100D L Ludicrous is like twice as fast again. I couldn't possibly deal with that speed. Now, I do have a question, though, because the P cars almost exclusively come with the 21-inch wheels. Yeah, but, you know, I've actually talked to quite a few people who bought them with 19-inch wheels. They say the performance is pretty much the same. So you can get the 19s on the P? You can. Okay. Yeah. But if you're doing, like, some really crazy and heinous uh, you know, steering through and, uh, mountain yeah. roads and such, then you'd probably want the other tires. But everybody's going back to the, you know, even talking to people at Tesla in the service center at this at the store, they're they're saying that, you know, it really makes a lot more sense to use the 19-inch wheels. You're not going to replace them as often. I'm at 80,000. I've got plenty of tread on mine, and that's only the second set of tires. And so it makes sense from an ecological standpoint to go with 19-inch. Uh, let's continue to talk about autonomy and uh, let's talk about Mercedes-Benz. Uh, this is from The Verge and from Jordan Colson, who says uh, he got to drive a Mercedes-Benz with their autonomous driving called Drive Pilot. It has various levels of autonomy. So they took drive this MOOC. Pilot. Yeah, it's a Drive Pilot. That's not German. I don't know how to do German. I don't know what that. That's some I don't sort know what of other that Eastern sounds like European Borat. Kind yeah, it's of a, situation. It's a Kazakh. It's Kazakh. Yeah, yeah. come yeah. and meet my sister. We have <laughs> the drive pilot for you. That's very good. Thank you. So they were at CS, and Mercedes was there, and uh, so Jordan was uh, taken out in a little spin to check out this drive pilot. Um, uh, autonomous driving in the Mercedes Benz, spin, right? Two hours to get to some non-straight roads. Well, yeah, they said, look, we want to take you some some windy roads, but in Vegas, there are no windy roads until you get an hour out of town. You know what that usually means in Vegas when they say, oh, "Buddy, we're going to take you for a drive." We're going for a drive. It's only two hours. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jordan was not <laughs> pop pop. Was not buried wow. in a shallow grave. All of a sudden, it's casino in here. <laughs> yeah. So they said, look, there's multiple versions of their movie. version of of Drive Pilot. Sometimes it just steers, and sometimes it brakes. And but uh, the one he was in sort of steers and brakes and stays in the lane and asks you to keep your hand on the wheel all the time. He noticed that uh, it really doesn't keep you in the lane perfectly around corners, for example. And he was told by the person who was taking him on this test drive that that was on purpose. He wanted to work that way. <laughs> wow he, um, did, he did not fuck up the engineering <laughs> No, we are doing this very, it very is, carefully we made It, that it way is for shitty you. for a reason okay? <laughs> We made it that way for you Otherwise you will hurt yourself Oh, we're going to have no German Oh my God. Sorry, Germany <laughs> Sorry, everybody from the German 
so he was told by this guy, yeah, it doesn't stay in the lanes because we want you to understand that you should still be in charge and that's why it's not great at staying in the lanes, which I thought was the biggest load of crap that I ever heard. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Like they want you – you actually, according to this article, you have to – Every few seconds, sort of let it know you're still paying attention, which uh-huh. actually makes a yeah. lot of sense. That's fine. For a situ- settle down. Oh, I for a situation <laughs> in which not all cars on the road are interacting with each other and being full autonomy, yeah. it makes sense. Otherwise, yeah. each of you bitches will yeah. fall asleep at the wheel. No, we call it we call it pseudo superpower. <laughs> Because it's pseudo. I just think it's fantastic <laughs> marketing if you can't stay in the lanes and you say it's a feature. First off, that's it's not what feature. it said. It's not like it didn't stay in the lanes. It, it stayed didn't stay in the, in the center of the poorly. lane. It's poorly staying it in the lanes. In it's, the, it's a feature. It drifts a little. And I got news for you. The first time I drove your ex with autopilot, it also barely stayed oh, in it's the lanes. It's true. And it it's gotten a lot better. turned on. Yes, well, they, no, he's like, come drive my autopilot X. Meanwhile, four of the switches are turned <laughs> off and the thing He's not in the autopilot. Uh, you can go back in time and listen to that episode. <laughs> it was pretty funny. All right, it's and, not working. But here's some of the things that I really do like about it. For example, the uh, autopilot in a Tesla, I think maxes out at 80 miles an hour. Um, but at the German version in the Mercedes, because of the autobahn, you can have autopilot running at 130 miles an hour because everybody needs autopilot Stop it, at Robert. 130 miles an hour. <laughs> Brilliant. That is bullshit. So this is a, that same old thing. They're being um, very conservative with this Mercedes-Benz stuff and it's sort of the same argument we have all the time. Should you wait until your autonomy is fully baked before you roll it out or should you do as Tesla's doing, which is roll, roll the dice it out. with people's lives. Roll it out, <laughs> get to learn, see how you go. Um <laughs> But the the important thing here that I um, sort of wanted to say, what? having been to New Zealand oh. and talking to people about uh, the Tesla and uh, the auto driving, uh-huh. is that even car dudes don't understand how far down the road to autonomous, fully autonomous driving we are. When you talk to a car dude, car dude, who isn't a super geek that listens to something like talking dude, Tesla, check out my Hemi, bro, and you say fully autonomous driving could be a year away. Their jaws do drop. The beers are slipped from hand. Yeah. And there is first a- off, no freaking New Zealander is dropping their beer. That's true. <laughs> so that's a bunch that of malarkey. That is absolutely true. Yeah, death grip on beer. So um, I'm excited. This is all happening. I like competition and uh, may the best autopilot win. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I, you know, whatever. I, I won't ask you the question that I wrote here, which is which one of these versions of autopilot V drive pilot would you rather have the one that makes you become more attentive or the one that's going to make you go sleepy times yeah. in your car i just want the one that just drives my I car know. Can watch I, the language I, i'm a just, doctor i'm sorry when i read this article i'm reading it and i'm thinking okay he's not in the back pocket of mercedes he's definitely got this like Bone to pick with Tesla. He writes, with Tesla autopilot. He says, I prefer the Mercedes autopilot over the Tesla. And I'm biased. I, you know, I haven't really driven a long way with any autopilot. But when I drove autopilot one, or maybe it was autopilot two with hardware one, the thing for two days on the highways, it was fantastic. It was like flawless, except for when one truck veered into my lane it didn't act quick enough and that's probably because it needed side cameras and bigger range 
uh, ultrasonic sensors. But getting to the point, he says, with Tesla's autopilot, applying steering force results in a slightly alarming jerk of the wheel when the system disengages, whereas the Mercedes one is a little more smooth. Well, oh yeah, that's the main thing that I would use to judge any autopilot system. Not, and so, you know, <laughs> as as in this week, we're supposed to get another upgrade to autopilot two hardware two another upgrade that they won't turn on no to the to the to the famed thousand minus mel herbert the fam- <laughs> thousand, thank you the famous thousand and then this article goes away you know with the next couple of autopilot updates this whole his whole argument is just extinguished but i think the main point at least from my perspective that this was trying to get at is that it the system as of right now because it's not 100% autonomous right because not all cars around you because dangerous things happen yes. they're trying to build their system to constantly keep you engaged as opposed to Tesla who is trying to build their system so you can be as disengaged as possible that that seems to me the crux of it you can get mad at me i can already oh, see that you're I'm, about to i'm going to whatever um, well, why have autopilot? Um, you could have a system where every 10 seconds, as in the Mercedes, it says, are you there, are you there, are you there? That's fine. But the fact that he says in here that it's swerving inside the lanes and that's a feature of the autopilot is absolute <laughs> yeah, that's, bullshit. That part's a little bit silly. <laughs> that is like uh, recalibrate your software, dude. All right, let's talk about Model Y. Let's move on. But that's yeah. not a Model Y. Who makes that? Uh, nobody. Oh, oh, interesting. Yet. So Model Y, this is inside, uh, inside uh, EVs, and it's actually quoting an article from Forbes again from Tom Murray, who we're going to actually hear from a couple of times so, here. So we're a radio, we're a podcast, yeah. and we're quoting an article from a website, website that's that quoting another, another article, article from another website. Web- wow. It's meta. This is, like, not news. <sighs> and it's from the past, and we're reading it now, but you're listening to it in the past. I mean, you can really get this <laughs> can get your mind blown. I think we need to get that time machine going. You know, the other thing in New Zealand? What's that? Pot. Let's talk about that. There's uh, Yeah, because we don't have any of that, that here. From which the hobbits cook their food? Uh, not those kind of pots. The oh. ones that you oh, uh, smoke and get happy. Aye. Um, so here in California, we have legalized marijuana um, medicinal and soon to be just... Uh, oh, Jan recreational. recreational now. It's yeah, it's Is it now? Jan it's essentially... Yeah, yeah, I talked to one of the highway patrolmen who brought in this dude who... Uh, got in an accident smoking marijuana. Anyway, he told me that um, they don't even bother with anybody who has marijuana on them. And then the the law passed, which makes it even more clear. And then he told me that they're not even perse- they're not even uh, prosecuting people who are found to be dealing marijuana. Right. So that's supposed to be a Thank order you. order of magnitude worse than just smoking this stuff. So if you're dealing marijuana, the fine let's call it distributing. It's five hundred dollars, and it costs about three thousand dollars to prosecute a case. So do the math. I'm so glad it's about time. Um, but <laughs> the point is uh, – What was the point? The point is here in California, the pot stores, they're all sort of darkened and they have a green cross and it's all yeah. very mysterious. Yes. In New Zealand, the hemp store, I think it was called, is the most beautiful store with bongs and colored lights. And uh, i got to tell you, I really thought it was a very lovely store. And so they sell the weed and the pipes together in All the store. Did you go in? in oh, what'd you pick up? Nothing. Did you go in with Micah? Nothing. 
I said, Micah, isn't that interesting? All <laughs> together now. I'm just saying they have now. lovely pot stores. Yeah. I think it's only medicinal marijuana still, but they act like it is full on. I don't know. Anybody from New Zealand listening? What's the deal with the, the weed in the New Zealand? Yeah. Well, you know. Lovely stores. All right. So, but we digress. But we digress. We Model Y. So here we go. But um, it goes with autonomous driving, right? So yeah, once you're so autonomous you driving, hammered. you can get your uh, – It also goes with a Tesla pizza oven. Plug-in bomb. <laughs> Somebody talked about having a refrigerator in the back of the Tesla. So you get your cold beer in the refrigerator. Uh-huh. You got your pizza oven cooking. Uh-huh. Your pe- Maybe paninis. Yes, mm. paninis in the back seat. Just one spot on the battery where they don't cool it, and it's always nice and hot. What about you just a nice throw your pizza down there? On there you and go. Just cook it. What like, about a nice poutine? I know you're into that. That would be delicious. But then you need a fryer. You could do an air fryer, I guess. That'd be safe. Can mm. we finish this? This show is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not even going to listen to this show anymore. Uh, so they're uh, taking a guess at what the Model Y would have, and so here's the list of things that they say that the Model Y is going to have. It's uh-huh. going to have the Falcon Wing doors, and I put. A little note here that says, Oh, please, oh, please, please don't have the Falcon Wing doors. But they've nailed the engineering. Yeah, it says Model X Falcon Wing doors. Quote, bugs have all been worked out. They, please, that Mel, is not true. Mel, are you having any problems this week with your Falcon Wing doors? <laughs> oh, I was away this week, so they yeah, work great. See, they're How about good. the week before Even that? Even if they work perfectly, there's still a fundamental problem with having a 20 ton door that lies over the top of your head. But we've already seen the Lego movie. It's run by a spring. It's not even made electric. It can pop up just all by itself. All I it know that unlock. I have a particular issue. I'm never going to get through uh, some this problems. article. I know you have, what is it? PTFD, post-traumatic falcon wing doors <laughs> syndrome. Yes. Um, the I D, just, you said D, not S. PTFD. I think they're much better. <laughs> they move faster. There's a lot about them that are good, but it's... Yeah. Is it because <laughs> is it because the ten year olds in the parking lot no longer Google or goggle oh, you? No, they you? they do, but that's really the only good reason to have one. That when they work well, they do open up very large, and it's easy to get stuff in and out. But there's just it, they're wrong. They've got to fix the censoring. They only w- open half the way, half the time. There's still serious really? issues with oh. them. Ah. Um, well, I have serious issues with this. Anyway, so what else have they got? So they're saying the Model Y is going to have the Falcon Wing doors. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, a solar roof. No, oh, yeah. A not? range greater than 238 miles to uh, make sure that it's more than the Bolt. Uh-huh. 38, not 40, of course. Not 40. Yeah. Uh, heads-up display, full mm-hmm. autonomy. And uh, basically, this is going to be the Model 3 with Falcon Wing doors. I mean, since we're speculating, can we just add like that f- fusion thing from back to the future on it as well that thing is real and it's gonna have tom uh, sheep uh covered seat covers and it's gonna i mean really i think your idea tom is actually makes this whole article go into the waste bin (laughs) you need to have a trap door in the floor lift it up insert pizza close door Uh 10 minutes eat hot pizza oh my god that would be amazing wouldn't that be awesome (laughs) that's fantastic so this just tells me mel i'm i appreciate all your hard work but (laughs) this article's a piece of (laughs) wow and it must it's telling me that both articles that this article is based on (laughs) in the past and in the future this is so old news just tells me that mel really wants a model y I really do want a Model Y. It do, when I it finished, I saw this headline. I'm like, X. all of this, what's going to be in the Model Y? And I thought, wow, there's going to be some insight here. And uh-huh. of course, this is everything that anybody with half uh, a Tesla brain knows is what's going to be in the Model Y. It's Let's, going to be a small X on a Model 3 frame. You guys want to talk about the Model 5? 
Ooh, what? Model five. Yeah, let's just make up. Sexy okay, there's the model Thank five. You. Go. Let's let's start in the post truth era. I thought the next <laughs> whole model five thing yeah, right here. It's the I, model five. I thought the next model will be a G. No, because it's going to be sexy guy. But you can't do guy because Y comes twice. So I'm confused. It would have to be. It would have been. It would have made sense if it would have been a model G and then a D. Then it would have been. GD sexy or DUD. You better stop because I know this is going to become inappropriate. (laughs) But anyway, the Model 5, I'm really excited about because it's got a thousand mile range. Right. It's $18. It's. uh, I heard it was twelve dollars fifty, but that's fine. Uh, it can charge in one point three seconds off a standard outlet. Also, it yeah. floats and it can make wind power because <laughs> it's off the coast and it sucks methane out of the air. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and yeah. just yeah. completely. It actually takes gains the carbon energy. out of the air and turns it into new tires uh, in the car. Yeah, and uh, it's coming uh, later this year. Yeah. Well, they already announced it in the time machine of the past future. So we need the time machine to go both back and buy Tesla at the IPO stage and forward to actually give our listeners well, some useful news. Robert, I mean, really? That's the epiphany that you just had about the time machine? <laughs> <laughs> of course, you got to go forward. Well, yeah, but I sometimes, sometimes I'm scared when you think about going I forward. I do not. Well, that's a we. Should we open that philosophical no. can of worms? <laughs> oh, God. If you had a time machine... Uh-huh. Would you go forward or back? You I know go what? both ways. You know what's I worst do not about want to go discussion. forward because it could be ugly. I know what happened in the past. I want to just go check it out. My my offspring is studying philosophy right now, and he's just going to rip me a new asshole after this discussion. It's impossible. What is? Free will. It's impossible to go forward? It's impossible to use time machines. But one thing is not related to the other. One thing is philosophy, I mean, and the other one is yeah, physics. Yeah, no, but because it talks about how you I would mean, mess up the entire, like, construct of right you mess up the space time i love every wristwatch science fiction movie that does time travel because within 3.2 seconds it all falls apart because it's just it's logically impossible and yet i still love them. but maybe all of the super technological advancements we have right now are because of some idiot in the future went back to the past right right and somebody was like oh he's got a wristwatch on uh i'm gonna invent the apple watch what is the uh, movie uh, that didn't do great? Tom Cruise movie, and he kept it going back in a loop. Right. Until, what that was that? Live, Die, movie. Repeat. It is such a good oh, freaking movie. Yeah. And it didn't do well because he just had Oblivion sort of the year before, it's which is kind of terribly named is why. But yeah. it was an – if you like sci-fi and you haven't like seen that, that movie, one. I really enjoy With it. Emily Blunt? Well, that helps. Mm, that helps a lot. She was tough a, I don't want to be that show, but that helped a lot. And you know what? Tom Cruise – he is a handsome bastard. Yeah. <laughs> he reminds me of a young Tom Wolfson. Oh, and a, and a very young Mel Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> Let's on. talk about Future Let's Faraday. Let's talk about the competition. Oh, let's. Let's talk about Future Faraday. This is from The Virgin. It's from Andrew Hawkins who says this. Uh, I was at the CES and uh, they brought out the mythical FF91. <laughs> Super slick design. It's self-parked. On the second try, um, <laughs> it's, it, they showed a video of it out outrunning a Tesla P100D by 0.01 seconds. Ooh, that's Zero so one. quick. Right. And now we're getting an upgrade in a week. That's, that's right. Drop and that. Elon looked at that and said, I don't think so. Pushing a, <laughs> pushing an over-the-air upgrade for off, the off, P100D people. I have to diverge here just for one second. So every time uh, they say, we're going to go ludicrous, ludicrous plus mode. 
how many more times? So some engineer came up to Elon and he says, you know, I know it's going 2.5 seconds, zero to 60. I can get it down to two. Elon said, shut your face. We're going to go 0.1 at a time. Yes. And we're going to milk this for the next six months. And we're going to get so much free press. So what's going to be the limit of ludicrous? It's going to go back in time. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> zero to 60 and minus seven. It's going to be so fast. You're going to get to where you want to go before you even thought that you wanted to be there. It's wow. so true. It's, what is it? 88 miles an hour? And it'll go back in time? Zero to uh, 88 in one second and then you go back in time. Um, so uh, there are, <laughs> we've talked about this future Faraday for a long time. It's a Chinese company being built in um, the United States. But it's a with company huge with Chinese issues. support. Right. So the guy that's funding it is a, a Chinese billionaire. And we've sort of reported in the last few months about the <laughs> issues there. Yeah, well, if that's what you call what we do. People leaving, executives leaving, money running out, um, them not actually building anything. The A factory that the wasn't factory built. The factory that was built that isn't. And the summary of this is that there is a car. Yeah. There's one it's a prototype. I wouldn't be surprised if you peeled back the shell. There's a Tesla underneath it. But who knows what's happening with this? I hope it works. But what we did learn, I think, is that this is going to be, as we suspected, extraordinarily expensive. Although they say uh-huh. that when they went live mm-hmm. for pre-orders, that they did 64,000 pre-orders mm-hmm. with a $5,000 deposit. That's, uh, that's a lot. unbelievable. I have a question, though. So it's the Future Faraday 91, right? We had the Model yes. S, we had the Roadster, yes. we had the Model S, we had the Model X, and then we had the Model 3, which really in that paradigm should have been the Model 4, if you really kind yes, of think about it. Yes, if you can it, count, right? if you can count. So where are the first 90 future Faradays? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. where, where did they come from? Why uh, did they call it the 91? Does anybody know? Was because it, it has after a 90, their favorite freeway? 91 kilowatt hour battery. I think you made that up because uh, the way you're looking did. at me is like I. I'm pretty sure I made that up about three seconds ago. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I, think I like it. I think it looks really nice. I so love the I. back end of the car with all the lights and how they kind of put their own logo in there. You know, you I can just, add a fridge. It's kind of wagony. You yeah. can add, but a you can fridge. add a pizza oven to the Tesla. That's true. We just made that up too. <laughs> I don't know about the lidar puck sticking out of the hood. That would kind of distract me so much that I would need the autopilot because I'd be watching this little thing sticking up on the hood more than anything else around me. Does it spin? I don't That'd know. be pretty. Does cool. it give you a it very like flavorful it, chicken? It looks like it actually goes up it's and a down. Rotisserie. Well, it's, it's a small. It's, it's like a. It's like a. Beer it's like can. maybe fried. two hockey pucks stacked up. But it looks like it could. It can actually go back down into the roof. Makes it a hint from its position. It's interesting. I, you know, I would love to see what's the storage space. When I watch the uh, video, which I encourage everybody to look at the video, you can get a look inside the car. The inside panels were basically just black with like, like put people put on like what is that El markers you know to like pull here to open the door and it's just completely unfinished and maybe this thing is going to be a, a good deal and i hope it will be yeah i, I look I think forward to more competition at best a 50 50 chance that this thing ever goes to market so but it's nice see. that they've raised 300 million dollars from these uh vapor sales yeah i hope it works um i think uh, more is better it's certainly going to be an extraordinarily expensive car but uh you know good luck to you future faraday we'll continue our reporting, Tom. That's what we do. We report. It's a pretty car. I like it. If you call reading blog posts reporting. 
That's what we do. do. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about clean energy. Another article from Forbes and again, our friend Tom Murray. He says, for months, clean energy discussion in the US has been dominated by two questions. Two questions. Just two. First, will the new administration really turn its back on the climate and clean energy policies that help create a burgeoning American industry? And if it does, how serious a blow will that be to the sector and the global transition to clean energy? Because, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, China is dropping cash on clean energy. They have just announced that they're going to spend $361 billion in renewable power generation. That's, that's with a B. That's, a, that's like a lot of cash. That is, uh, <laughs> that is that's a, more than a future Faraday cash. That's, that's a, a few pallets of cashes. So while Trump keeps talking about coal and oil, China is going with the cheaper, more job-creating clean energy. For example, 13 million jobs are going to be created by this uh, Chinese program. Here in the U.S. Which clean... in China is like almost nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know in China when somebody says you're a one in a million guy? There's 1,500 people just like you. (laughs) Boom. Math joke. Think about it. Okay, go on. Um, Clean energy jobs here in the United States, 2.5 million clean energy jobs, 209,000 solar jobs, 55,000 in just the coal industry, 77,000 in wind. That was you did that as a comparison, right there. Yeah, you made you were doing like a weird clean energy oh, thing. Oh, sorry, the yeah, coal's not clean, yeah. and clean coal doesn't exist. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that all people of this were aware. to say is, uh, Mr. Trump, wake up and smell the fresh air. Good one. Um, we still, of course, need some coal and gas and oil for a while as we transition, but uh, even the Chinese, who really want to build their economy as fast as they can, as cheaply as they can, are saying. Guess what's the fastest, best way to build your economy? It's on a renewable product called the sun, the wind, and other things because there's more jobs there and it's cleaner. Yes, we need to transition. Yes, we still need some oil and stuff for a while. But come on. Do not poopy on the renewable future of America. Uh, yeah, I think it's amazing what China's doing. But let's be clear, China's also building some coal-powered plants because they have to. they got a lot of people that don't have energy 24 hours a day as of right now. A lot. Right. I thought I read that China has now put a stop on building new coal-fired power plants. Well, that would be awesome. Is that true? Yes. Where did I, you read I read that? that. I can't. We can't. We can't. We can't back up anything we say here with actual facts. facts. No. Uh, Why would but, we do that? That seems ridiculous. But if you do look at Beijing and other cities there, yeah. they recognize they have a problem. Yeah. Putting uh, these coal-fired plants next to your city, eh, yeah. it's no, no good. No, I think it's it's amazing. And again, as this. You know, we feel it feels like, and and not just to us because we're sort of inside the beltway, as it were. But it feels like there's sort of a momentum of all of this solar, especially with all these big plants being built and and the storage solutions, right? That Tesla is doing, I think, maybe on some level, have woken up the utilities. Right at one point, the utilities were sort of just, well, what do we do with this? And now in the past few months, we've reported on several sort of experimental ways to store all of this daytime energy at nighttime, which is the issue, and to store the energy, the extra energy for those peak demand times. And I feel like the storage solutions that Tesla's coming up, this may be the biggest, one of the biggest reasons that so many of the stock people are so bullish on Tesla moving forward because of Tesla energy because, because of, Tesla of Tesla energy right and they're built like the video that that article we talked about from the beginning of the Gigafactory there's a video on there from YouTube of the new cells coming off of the factory at the Gigafactory in Nevada and 
exclusively, it would appear right now, those are going into power walls and power packs. Right. That's not into said. cars. Right. But I, I just, yeah. Wow. Imagine when they go into cars. It's going to be, well, are they going to be in the Model 3? The new cell, the bigger cell is going to go new in the Model 3? We think that's going to happen, yeah, right? Yeah, they're supposed to build that whole sled out there in Nevada, right? We're going to get to uh, that in a plan. second. Let's talk about SpaceX for a second here. Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is from the Washington Post. Elon has big plans for SpaceX in coming years, and there was supposed to be a launch today. But it just got postponed till wah, next wah. week. Because uh, of weather, not because of technical Well, it's com- complicated. It's more than weather. Actually, somebody on... I think it was this one of the space websites that I follow was all down like, I don't remember them ever scrubbing, you know, Apollo launches and space shuttle launches because of a little bit of rain. What Tesla's all wimpy. And it turns out that uh, United Launch Alliance has a... Uh, a test firing, I believe it is, of a huge rocket from Vandenberg that's actually scheduled for like Wednesday. So this is, it's partly they got delayed so far in advance because they're conflicting with another organization at the launch site. And because of this weather and this, what was it called? A, a rain river? Yeah, the uh, we are having a weather event for those of you that are not in uh, California. For us, rain is an event. Event. And uh, there's something where uh, basically the ocean turns into the sky and then the falls river. on the California every now and then. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, in the Sierras, they've gotten as much as 10 inches of rain in some areas over the last couple of days. Which is bad because they were supposed to get 20 feet of snow and they got right. they got rain. It was a tad bit warmer than they were Right, expecting. and the rain melted the snow and now all the yeah. reservoirs and the rivers are overflowing. And Which we is don't a know bummer how to deal because with that it. just goes right out to the ocean and we can't store it for later. Yeah, they should flood the Central Valley. Yeah, because everybody I mean, in the Central Valley is really stoked they to don't hear that it. right now. Well, but that would Sorry, recharge Central the reservoir, Valley. you know, the aquifer. Can you imagine how much they could add to the aquifer in the Central Valley? Oh, they could add a lot to it, but they would kill all of the people living there to yeah. do it. And the cows. That's upsetting. Ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls, um, <laughs> they are not going to launch. And I, so this article is about the fact that... put this stuff into just fields. Hey, we're know, having another conversation over here. You can, if you want to kill all the people in the Central Valley by <laughs> I drowning, never said that. That but is there a different is, show. Actually, there, he did say There that, is did a not? program going on right now in the Central Valley where mm-hmm. farmers who are, not, who are letting their fields be fallow mm-hmm. are allowing those fields to be flooded mm-hmm. so that the aquifer can be recharged. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying is that I hope oh, that they are using is what this you're saying. control. Yes, Tom, control. Well, you didn't make it clear. You're like, let's flood the Central Valley. This week in Central California <laughs> uh, news, the aquifers are getting recharged. I'm trying to talk about SpaceX. What? I'm trying to tell you that SpaceX has a really important launch. It's been suggested in this article and in other places that this next launch of SpaceX is probably the single most important launch in its history. That's incorrect. It would have to be the first launch. That's ridiculous. Which I, failed. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you on that, Tom. I don't think it's the most important, but it's very important. If this thing blows up, then there's going to be real questions about whether SpaceX rockets are safe. Now, they argue here, and I think it's true, that they've really been pushing the technology curve. They haven't only been sort of sending rockets up into space, but they've been trying to re-land them. And when you do that, you have to put a lot more fuel in that rocket so it can slow down. And that might be part of the issue why these have blown up is because they're putting much more fuel than a standard rocket would. So should they keep trying that or should they just try and be uh, safe? Yes, they should keep doing not that. blow up. And they're trying to super cool that fuel to get more of it into the same size rocket. 
And yes, they should keep doing that because, god damn, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in the space business is the landing of that thing. First coolest thing, the landing of the space shuttle. Second coolest thing, the landing of that dang booster on the freaking boat in the middle of the ocean. At That's night. cool. At if, night. If no. little, kids, yeah. little kids are seeing that, that is some exciting crap. They got to be getting excited about that. I saw that and I was saying to my wife and son, I can't believe that just happened. That is the thing of science fiction. The fact that they took a rocket into space and landed again is every sci-fi that I've seen in the last 40 years, and they did it. I love SpaceX. I just finished building my model of SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket, and it has landing legs on it that are literally just stickers that you stick to the side (laughs) of it. The only way that thing comes back to Earth is with the parachute, and darn it, I don't know if I packed it correctly. (laughs) At some point, I'm going to launch that thing. I'm not 100%. I'm going to ask the Tesla Nation, as a matter of fact. I'm not 100% sure where in my area I can launch it. There used to be a launch pad over at Woodley Park. That's Hmm. in the flight path of an airport. Yeah, I'm not sure you can still do that anymore. There is a model rocketry club in Southern California. They usually uh-huh. launch from the Lucerne Dry Lake bed, which I believe is probably not dry at the moment. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. That's a long but way to go. I don't want to drive all the way out there to launch this thing. So if anybody out there is a model rocket enthusiast in the Los Angeles area, uh, let me know where I can How, throw that uh, thing up. Tell us about this model. How high is it supposed to go? It depends on the size of the engine that you put in, right? So you can put in the little D engines, and maybe it'll go a couple hundred feet. Or you can put in the E engines, which are for adults only. And I Hello. think you can go a thousand feet or two thousand feet. There's Doesn't all matter. kinds of different rocket sizes. What? It's not coming back. Once you go up over a couple hundred feet, you can barely see anything yeah. anyway. And then the parachute comes out. And if there is any breeze whatsoever, yeah. you're going to be hiking a long time to try and get your poor little rocket back. But it, it looks cool at my house right now. It's got yeah. the fairing on top How of big it. is it? It's about like three and a half feet tall. That I got it when cool. we went on our SpaceX tour. Remember the yeah. stuff that I purchased ahead of time? You should let it go in the house and see what happens. I think not. that's a terribly bad idea. Have like, you seen the movie Rocket Boys? No. Excellent oh, yeah, movie that's like with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is about oh, okay. uh, an engineer from NASA. and It's a great movie. You know, this week in movies, uh, <laughs> Rocket Boys. <laughs> right. Hey, why does SpaceX keep blowing up, Robert? You know, it's interesting because they've done – so you were talking a little doom and gloom there for a moment. The reality is that they've already filled and test-fired the current rocket that's up standing at Vandenberg that's now not going to launch for another week. that's the critical point. It's all about the helium. So the helium tank was the first thing that took out, was the thing that took out the first major explosion, the RUD, that was up in the air. You saw the rocketing going up, and then all of a sudden something kind of stalled, and then boom, the whole thing exploded because they put a tank of helium inside the oxygen tank. And what that helium tank does is it allows helium to go out of the helium tank into the oxygen tank to help take up space while the oxygen is being taken out of the tank to burn the rocket. And if you just let the oxygen go out of the tank while the rocket is burning, the oxygen that's left kind of sloshes about and makes the rocket unstable because the oxygen is super cooled. It's liquid Locks are like locks. There's not just locks on your bagel. There's, There's locks, locks in, in your, your rocket. rocket. And so <laughs> now the first time the helium tank had a bracket and evidently the supplier of the bracket. Oh, somebody's being tortured in the other room. Uh, the helium the tank got 
uh, dislodged because one of the brackets failed. And of course, these brackets sit in liquid oxygen, which is incredibly caustic. And uh, and so that was the problem there. Now they make these liquid uh, these helium tanks out of aluminum and like a carbon fiber wrap. And what they found is that the carbon fiber wrap started to buckle so that liquid oxygen could get under the wraps of the carbon fiber and even solidify. And then as the thing was being loaded with more fuel and oxygen, there was some sort of shifting and a spark occurred and kaboom, the whole thing went up. So now they've repaired this, they're redoing the type of tank, uh, and and it's working for this most recent uh, test firing over the last couple of days. So I think this is going to go off, this uh, this launch will go off without a hitch, and we'll have another uh, another communications satellite cluster being it, placed into space. Is it just me, or does everybody wish he would have done that in a helium voice? I do. I was thinking of bringing up, you know. Maybe I can uh, go back in time and add the helium voice to that. You can modify my voice. We we charged, get it? We charged Robert with telling us about every new supercharger station that opens from now until when there's too many that open every week. Everyone in the States or everyone in everywhere? Everyone in the world, but uh, I think we just have the States. Here we go, Robert. Nothing open new in the world since our last show, January 2nd. But we have four new superchargers opened on the 6th, 5th, the 5th, and the 4th. So uh, over three days, they opened Grand Island. (laughs) Or the 4th, the 5th, and the 6th. Yeah, I'm just reading the list in the direction (laughs) I wrote it. Grand Island, Nebraska. Go Grand Island. (laughs) Musick, Pennsylvania. Lincoln, Nebraska. That's kind of a big town. Yeah. And Junction, Texas. We hope to uh, drive through all of those places on our way to other places. Seriously? On our way to other places? Why wouldn't you go there <laughs> no, as a destination? I'm just I would love to go to all of these places. I would love. I've never been to uh, I want to go to Nebraska. I've never been to Pennsylvania, I don't believe, except via the train, probably through it. Music has a lot of um, yeah. mace. <laughs> so two in so, Nebraska? Yeah. And one in Pennsylvania and another one in Texas. Good job, Tejas. And so, uh, and, and they're opening these things up at quite a clip. This is not like an unusual week of four openings. Looking back, like in the last week of December, holy macaroni, from December 23rd up to G- uh, December 31st, there were like 14 superchargers opened. Breaking news. Including Spain, uh, Chortley, UK. Shortly, shortly, in the Great Britain. Yes, tell us of a SpaceX update. Go. I just got an email from one of our SpaceX insiders. Uh huh. Launch is now Saturday, the fourteenth, nine fifty-four a.m. If you guys are interested in meeting me up there, let me know. Saturday the fourteenth. Well, it sounds like I'm I not, won't be here. I, you won't be here. I will be in Chicago. That's upsetting. I'm confused. You're inviting people to meet you up there, but you're in no, Chicago. No, no, Robert said that he, our the, friend, from, our SpaceX. friend from SpaceX, invited ah. us up there. I was reading the entire email that I just received as we were recording the show, not in our time machine, but in our real time oh. machine. Well, it looks like the 14th. I will probably not be going to Yosemite uh, and floating down the Merced River. But the wow, only thing I have lovely, on that though. day is order Tesla because it is the 14th. It's the last day. Right. But you already so ordered your Tesla. I did, but I canceled it because I wanted to delay because who knows what's going to get announced. Oh, you're waiting for the 100 to get announced. The non-P 100, aren't you, Robert? Or, or to for them to say, Robert, you know, because you're on Talking Tesla, we're going to put the new 2070 
batteries or 2170 batteries 1. in your car. 1.8 million miles per charge. The gentleman Not. at the Chevy dealer over the weekend when I went and test drove the Bolt which we just glossed How over. How did we not talk yeah, about no, oh, Can we discuss God. that no, Tom's getting over. a car? Yeah, we Tom's getting a bolt. car. was like, uh, I heard that the 110 is coming out. Like, no, you didn't, is what I wanted to say to him. But I didn't because yeah. I'm a nice person. I'm like, I guarantee you didn't hear about that. You know how I knew that? Because I didn't hear about it. Right. So, uh, yeah. Let's talk about the Bolt. Let's you sat it. your buttocks in a Bolt and drove it around. Give I us the summary. I sat my buttocks in a Bolt. Well, I that makes two of us, but I've never driven did it. Did drove it down. They gave us a very long, they have a very long path at my local Chevy dealer that they let you take it. I got to go there. down Woodley Avenue in the Sepulveda Basin where they will let you open that thing up. Yes. She pushed the sport mode button. Yes. And I got to open it up uh, two times. Yes. It was very, very fast. It's got a lot of pep. I like the car an awful lot. Then my wife, this is pertinent to you. Um, I'm pointing at Mel. No one can oh, see you're that. You're pointing, at, pointing me right at Mel. Now. Yes. It's to you. She went in, and I didn't notice this feature when I was voxing with you, and you're asking me about the height of the car, which is already relatively high, much higher than the Volt, much higher than the Model S. You can pump up the driver's seat and raise it physically there's a lever on the side of it so when you go and drive it look for that lever and you can actually make the driver's seat and i'm assuming the passenger yeah. seat as well can higher. you do it for grandma's seat it's right. for grandma so i'm ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls who haven't been listening to the show uh grandpa is uh, looking for a new car yeah. once again electric car has got lots of solar panels making way too much energy and so he was thinking bolt but we were concerned because grandma can't sort of flop down into the model s yeah. is the bolt sitting up like an suv and tom says yes sir. much more so than the s i think she'll i think she'll like it a lot i think he will like it a lot this adds to my conundrum of buying a car because i think for oh. sure okay first off they didn't have the one that i wanted in stock so settle down you're oh you're what? not i'm not it gonna allow to you white i'm about to go it off had to have people he's white. gonna go off white I'm about to go off on people. You do not want to be one of them. That's all I have so to I say. Right? Like, uh, so, anywho, I was, you know, have, I was standing next oh to the guy at the, you know, the, the Salvation Army guy. I was holding out a cup for Tom's electric car. Please, please, can you can you give a couple pennies for Tom's electric car? It's, I'm upset. Done. it's I'm upsetting. Over. No, I'm done. If you cut no, Tom finished. off one more time, he will go off with you. I'm finished. I want to know no, more. I, I, no one does. No one wants to hear. Robert doesn't want to hear my my conversations about electric cars anymore. <laughs> he only wants me to buy a car. He doesn't care. He can buy whatever f- car he wants. <laughs> but I have children to send through college, and and I have issues. And and we get letters <laughs> from people all the time talking. Sh- that, oh, I don't want to listen to Tom talk about his car and advocate for electric vehicles and be driving an ice car. Do you not own an ice car? I have as many ice cars as you do, Robert. Thank you very much. Hold on. I'm not done yet. Melvis, do you have an ice car? Yes. yes. Your son has an ice car. Did you go out and buy your son an electric car? No, you didn't. Why? I don't know. Why didn't you, Mel? Because you don't know which one to get. And maybe you don't want your son to drive a $35,000 car. Why don't people leave me the shit alone already? Seriously, my car got totaled. I owned an electric car. I purchased one and was driving more electric cars than these two yahoos for a good amount of time. <laughs> and I'm going to get 
it on this show? I don't think so. Robert is over here. Hold on, I'm not done. <laughs> you're over here, and you sent us a text where you're like, I'm getting a new Tesla. Do you guys think I should give my old one to my wife or make her drive what? An ice car. Continue ice to dr- car? You did. Your wife, does she not drive a Prius? She has a plug-in. Okay, but does she? does it have a gas also? It does also have oh, gas. Oh, thank you very much. So it's an ice car. Anywho... <laughs> Right, so why, why don't you people get off of my back? There is the transition of technology. As of the moment, my car got hit was dramatic. Right, the Bolt sort of became announced. The Model Three was kind of announced at that point. Am I just supposed to willy nilly throw thirty, forty thousand dollars around? The Leaf has one hundred and seven miles of range. The twenty thirteen Leaf that I've been talking about only has about eighty miles of range. Am I supposed to put my daughter in that thing and maybe she gets stranded in the middle of nowhere? Over the weekend, my wife in her Tesla literally ran out of energy on one side of the outlets away from the supercharger so she had to be towed across the outlets in the desert over to the superchargers because she completely ran out of juice and why because we talked about that leave yourself a 10 percent buffer she had 55 miles and was 30 miles away and didn't make it that's like a 40 percent buffer as far as i'm concerned but i digress leave me the hell alone <laughs> i will buy a car when i make the decision and on top of it I can guarantee you most people who are even considering electric cars are going through the exact same thought process that I am. I'm just doing it publicly. Please leave me alone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, we're going to give Tom a little pill right now. Uh, I need a beta blocker. <laughs> he's, he needs a little Prozac. Hey, Tom, can I ask you a question about the Bolt? Sure. It's cool. Are you done? Is uh-huh. it all out? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. If they had Sorry, the model uh-huh. and the color... Yeah. Would you be driving a Bolt right now? Is it the car that you've been looking for, except they didn't have the exact version that you wanted? Is this There's a very, the car? very, very high probability that that would have been the case. Now, I still, I, I definitely still want a Model 3. The closer we get to that launch date makes this decision yes, a lot right? more difficult. Because obviously what I want, let's be freaking frankly clear. Obviously what I want to drive is it's a like Tesla. A P100D. And, and I want to drive it with all of the bells and whistles. I want yes. the dual drive. I want the autopilot. I want all of those things. I can't afford that in the Model S either used or otherwise. Right? I, think I, just, I can't do it. And I'm sorry that I can't do it, but I just can't do it. I think that is the issue. And that was a really fun uh, little uh, rant that you had there. But I think that's the issue for a whole bunch of people right now. Is I'm that, not alone. That uh, people want a Tesla. They're <sighs> too expensive. There's these other cars like the Bolt that are getting closer and closer. And it's making you all anxious and like, oh, should I just do it? But when the Model 3 comes out, um, except for the way the car rides, right. there is no choice, right? It's supercharging. It's a Tesla. It's autonomous. Right. The Bolt doesn't stand a chance except it's got that form and it, factor, and that's why the Model Y is also an important car. And for me, again, like so the fully – I anticipate right a fully, fully functional, fully loaded, high-end Model 3 to be probably – close to 70 which will be a lot more money than i've ever paid for a car that includes like maybe the sales tax and and not being able to get the incentives right so that's a lot of money for a car but that same car fully functional fully loaded model s is what 110 95 yes. I you think know in the ball 
right? So yep. like that's a big that's a big difference, right? And so I could buy a used Model S right now and not get any autopilot, or maybe maybe get original autopilot if I push to like seventy thousand dollars. But I'm definitely making some compromise. If I'm gonna make a compromise, why wouldn't I make that compromise at a fully loaded the fully loaded Premier Bolt with literally everything, which has some lane keeps you in the lane, has the pedestrian front braking, has a brilliant re- like you can't really see that well out of the rear right out of the rear view mirror because the c pillar is really wide and the back window is really narrow so what did they do they put a camera on the back of it and that camera is in the rear this is on the, the bolt yes on the bolt in the rear view mirror is a camera is a, is a screen super so you wide. see Ooh. a super wide view of what's happening behind you so you don't you don't you're not seeing out of the back of the car no one's your kids heads aren't getting in the way if they're throwing their balloons up it doesn't matter because you're seeing outside the back of the car so again and that car right now with federal incentives you can basically get a fully 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 loaded one $43,000 figure add another 4200 in California for tax. Yep. So 47 take away the $10,000 federal and state that it currently it's $37,000. It's 239 miles of range. It's very very peppy. I will admit to you if you floor it, the wheels squeal a little bit and it does pull a tiny bit, but I was driving their sort of demo and I don't know maybe they haven't fully tuned it, but my guess is just like the RAV, it's a little more overpowered than it is engineered for. One downside on the sticker is that it hasn't been rated for crash safety yet, so it has no rating. Oh. I don't know what it is. How can you sell a car without a crash safety? I rating? don't know the answer to that question, Mel. But X it's hasn't not... been crash tested. Really? Yeah. Right. So it has no crash rating. But I drove a fully loaded Premier. It has these lovely roof rails, which you cannot find any information on what accessories are available on it. It is a really nice car. I like the white one. They had. Four white ones of the LT, which is the lower version. Now, the the Chevrolet – I'm not going to name the Chevrolet dealer near me because you know I don't want to necessarily drive people over there. But they purchased every one of their cars, even the LTs, with the add-on fast charging accessory because they just felt as a dealership that was the way to go. That makes no sense not to. Right. right. So that it has the CCS fast charging, which we know is not supercharging, but it's faster charging. Right. So this car, for me – is a viable automobile the you know so but they didn't have it and it's still like then then uh, chances are i'm going to turn it over to my daughter when the model three comes out so i don't know i'm going to take grandpa down this week after you uh vox me that uh, these are available to play and uh as early as next week i might be able to tell you what it's like because yeah grandpa's ready and you can get a pretty good they offered me a lease deal 2500 in Yes, four fifty ish a month. Okay, for three years, and I, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like they have ten or twelve of them in their book of that aren't on the lot that have already been sold. People want very specific things. People want very specific colors. The popular color right now appears to be the blue, which my wife actually liked mm-hmm. more than the white. Um, and they've made less. They ordered less of those, at least initially. But but they have a whole bunch in their book of of them for say that have been sold. Um, and and they don't. They're they're not really given a lot of information by by Chevy. They've been sort of the dealers are feeling kind of bad that there's all these people that want them. They don't have a lot of information about when they're getting. They they like Chevy's sort of keeping them in the dark. Unfortunately, this is uh. This is interesting. I, I've learned a couple of things. First of all, uh, Tom's a bit upset at us. 
And um, I'm doing my best. And uh, that you can sell a car in the States without a crash rating is weird. And that the X hasn't got a crash rating. I've been driving around like this is the safest car in the world. <laughs> hasn't been tested. Glass roof, no pillar what? over the top of it. All right, let's go do these letters. I'm just looking here. I see a 2013 used Tesla. Oh, it's only a 40, which means it's really a 60. Oh, my God. For 46,000. Yeah, but does it? Uh, I don't even want to get into it. Let's this. not. Let's. let's I mean, it's, uh, can like, we move it on? It needs to be white. It needs to have air suspension. Like, there's all sorts of issues. We're moving on. Lettuce. Paul Burton is uh, from Victoria, and he's talking about uh, there's this field testing of sensors in cars on the buildings, on the roads, as a way of uh, improving sort of autonomous driving. And the reason this is really interesting is because that's where I used to live in Melbourne. So, Paul, thank you very much for that. Art Larry says, Cole Model 3. I listened to the Talking Tesla show from the beginning and listened to it on my morning walk. So uh, the longer the show, the better, (laughs) which is good. We're making him healthy. Uh, Hello. He reserved a Model 3 on December 23rd, 2016 at 5.21 p.m. I am excited, you bet. We will give the Model 3 a true test in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, for our winters are a bit on the tad of the cold side. For example, today, it is a balmy minus 26 Celsius. That is crazy. Um, Which is only up. minus 15 Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, that's when you get in that strange area where Fahrenheit becomes less than Celsius. I just know, uh, here's the rule of thumb, we've talked about it before. It's cold. Zero in Celsius or Fahrenheit is very cold. That's true. Uh, and so uh, thanks for the show. John Ford, who's uh, our favorite climate denier, <laughs> sent us something from Dilbert and Tom. What's call, it about? Let's not, let's not call him our favorite climate denier. He is. Denier. We love him. <sighs> Uh, Joel Sepp, uh, Joel got himself a Model S 90D. Good job, Joel. And he is very excited about it. But he took delivery the day they announced Autopilot 2.0. We feel sorry for you, Joel. Although I'm going to throw in, I'm going to add this. We were having this conversation before. You keep sending us photos of you as a child. They're all (laughs) magazine clippings. I'm starting to doubt very, very seriously that this is you. So Joel wanted to tell us, you know, uh, that he's got this car and he loves it. And he took it down to seven miles of rated range My uh, wife in Augusta. Him. My wife beat him. <laughs> and your wife took hers to zero uh-huh. and stalled out. But then he does. He, he's, there's a picture of him here playing baseball. And a picture of him modeling as a preteen. A picture of someone playing baseball and a picture of someone else modeling <laughs> as a preteen. This is one handsome dude, but uh, Tom now no longer believes it's no, you, Joel. I'm sorry. I don't. I, don't. I want to see an actual photo from like a, 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 a photo album of several with him holding it next to himself. That's right. We need a copy of your passport notarized. Joel, today's Joel, newspaper, you. The, today's newspaper in a picture with actually you holding it. Um, you're a handsome brute, Joel. Uh, I believe it's you, and it's all good. But tell us exactly what happened with your wife. So Joel took his car down to seven miles of rated range. Yeah, so she was driving from yes. Palm Springs, uh, yes. going back from the dog show. Don't please, ask. Please don't. Go no, on. don't. Curling dog shows. Yeah. This show my has such is, depth. My dog is beautiful and is a show, a show machine. Um, so he was coming back from a show in Palm Springs, and so she had 55 miles and was 30 miles away from the supercharger at okay. the at the Cabazon outlets. Yes, got it. And whatever happened, I don't know if it was cold or if excessive speed. She was, she she said that she was driving at like she knew she was close so she wasn't driving normally. <laughs> I don't know if it was so uphill. Atypical. 
right? Yeah, it was weird. It's weird to me, right? And then I mean, she got there and was like kind zero of twice. pulled into the. Well, she was probably driven, driving beyond zero too, to be honest with you, at some point. But she pulled into the outlets, but ended up on the opposite side and just didn't have enough to get oh, there. Oh my! Like hundreds Literally of yards, hundreds of yards, <laughs> probably from wow. the superchargers and. And call and initially called AAA and then me and you can imagine how that phone call went. <laughs> yeah, probably, she wasn't very happy really? in general. And I was like, "Well, did you call Tesla roadside assistance? Because I'm I was under the impression that they have vehicles that can right. like bring you a charge. So can AAA, but apparently that wasn't the case, and they ended up towing her over to the supercharger. At least there, they weren't available. So that's like your one. Your one shot deal, I think. Was it Tesla or AAA? That it was ended? AAA, so it wasn't oh, okay. a one shot deal. Because so, AAA, at least in California, or at least in LA, has some vehicles that have a, a battery. battery pack that'll give you like ten miles so that you can get to, to where you need to go. But how long does that take? You think? Like, I don't know how, long how it would works. that take to charge you ten miles. I don't know how it works. So obviously not a mobile supercharger, and it's not like cool. no, it's just like a. Oh, they have cool like a generator on the truck with a battery, and yeah. they can plug you in with a J seven. It's basically do, do exactly that. Like you're just really close to home, and you're pooped out. But uh, that's upsetting, Tom. Yeah, she was very, very bummed out, and and this. So this ran into our other conversation about cars, right? So when we even talk about buying a used Tesla, we're not. We feel like we need to have at least the 85 amount of range, mm. right? Which is like in the 240 to 260, depending on, you know, yes, what's going yes. on. Because of this very thing, because if you don't Uber charge your 60, which is what we have right now, you get about 180 and then you run into these kind of situations. And we've, we, we have a letter that's coming up where somebody asks us about this 10%. This may actually be the letter we're in right now from Joel, actually. So he's like, what is that 10% of? Is it 10% of the full charge or 10% of what you think you need? Like, so let's say you're Well, let's 50- go back because we have, let's put in uh, context. So a few weeks ago, one of us said – that uh, we add an extra 10% to whatever range. Actually, I said 20%. Right. So I do that. So if I've got to go 50 miles, Uh um, I make sure that I've got 50 miles plus, you know, 20%. So at least 60 miles um, of range, at least So she had plus probably 40%. Which is weird because it's usually very, very 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 accurate and – you don't have to add 20%. But so I don't know what went on there. Something weird went on. So to answer that question, which you were bringing up, I, I add 20%. So I don't like... 20% I, to where you need well, to actually, go, no, not 20% I, of... What I really do is actually that. I actually make sure that I never go to a destination without 20% charge left on the battery. Left, total. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter about distance. It's like uh, I'm going to get there and I'll have at least 20% left on the battery. I am super conservative, lots of range anxiety. Yeah. Um, some people drag it all the way to zero, but I like to have a lot of extra in case something like right. they're diverting you off the road. Mm-hmm. There's a loan uh, closure or something like that. So right. This could have been bad if it was on the freeway at night in the though. middle of the desert like that. So And that's what happened to us back in December when we were driving on our road trip. Mm-hmm. We drove to uh, the, what is it, Cortis Lakes supercharger which is right next to arcosante and on the way there i didn't realize that we were going to ascend four thousand feet mm-hmm. and i had it figured that we could skip a supercharger because 
One of us wanted to make a dinner, and it was there one was of a us. stress. When he says one so, of us, who do you think he's talking about? No, I'm not saying anything more. <laughs> and so uh, we drove along, and sure enough, as we're ascending, the range is going down, 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 down. And I thought we were going to get to the supercharger, which is right next to our destination, with, you know, I think I was expecting 12 miles of range left and we got about five miles away. I actually have a video of it that I was going to post, but I don't know how to do that on Twitter. And the video is everybody in the car being very high strung over the fact that we went to zero. Mm -hmm. Then we started slowing the car down. My wife was actually driving, slowing the car down. We get down to about 45 miles an hour on a highway where the speed limit's like 70. Is it still at zero or does it go to still minus? Still at zero. It nope, stops stays at, at zero. zero. Okay. And the car keeps saying, you know, you're, you're not a stop. Blah, blah, blah. And we drove 45 miles. We went another like four miles and we got to the supercharger and plugged in and boom charge right back up before, before i could before i could even take a picture at the supercharger of it being zero because everybody's like quick plug it in it had six miles of range on it boom yeah. it's uh it's like upsetting. the ice car you can drive your ice car to zero on your um on your fuel tank gauge and still go so uh i've never I... taken mine to zero don't want to um but it can be done ladies and gentlemen yes. boys and girls except if you're tom's wife in which case it can't be done. It, Sam Turnbull has a uh, letter here. Says he loved the show. Thought you might enjoy this. Go. I love this article. Thank you, Sam. You, you. I, I have distributed this article to a number of people who send me lots of emails and texts and such about the doom, the gloom. I like to stay optimistic. And so this is a great article with many, many things that happened in 2016 that are uplifting. And I put down some of my favorites, like number 43, global carbon emissions from the burning of fossil fuels did not grow in 2016. It's the third year in a row emissions have flatlined from Scientific American. Another one, thanks to the rapid technological innovation and political support from around the world, renewables now account for more newly installed capacity than any other form of electricity in the world. That's from Gizmodo. And that includes coal, by the way. In October, the International Energy Agency reported that half a million solar panels were installed each day. That's more than a shit ton, I think. Now that's in 20... 2015. We'll get back to the ton. And it's been – in in the increase in the last five years has been dramatic. Yeah, this was an amazing article. It's sort of a a year in renewable in review, which a lot of companies and people are doing right now. This one's super uplifting. And I would like to say, given the last few minutes, the rant about the listeners, at the end of the day, I love you people. Because you send us stuff like this, because you call us on stuff, because you listen. Otherwise, it's just three lunatic old men in a room alone talking about this stuff. We're glad that you appreciate us, and we for sure appreciate you. And when you send us stuff like this, Sam... It makes us all very happy. And you say that just before we read Andrew's letter where he calls yeah, me whatever, out. whatever, Andrew. Andrew Cameron says, uh, Robert, you're a liar. Uh, it's the post-truth <laughs> world. So you were talking about how uh, the speed of this supercharger was being jacked up by the um, – Rocky Mountain Power Authority. By the Power Authority. But you said when you went there and you charged a car and when it was empty, it went really fast. And then later you went back to check it and it didn't charge fast. But – 
because your car was full. That's why it didn't charge so fast. So right. can and you then, fix this post-truth thing that you've done? And to Andrew, who's not yet a Tesla owner and hasn't had as much experience at superchargers, good point. You really pulled out some important salient information. And the truth is that when your SOC, people use that acronym a lot, state of charge, when your car is in the lower 20% range, you plug into a supercharger and you will get massive fast miles per hour charge rate. But if your state of charge is above 80%, your charge rate is going to be less, like maybe a third as much or a fifth as much, depending on situations. And indeed, when I went back to the Green River Supercharger the following morning after we'd spent the night, my car was was not fully charged but because it, it was cold and it lost some charge, mm-hmm. but it was it was pretty charged and it was very cold. And I plugged it in and I got literally a trickle, about as much charge as I would get from my home wall charger. And when you're charging at that low a rate, it doesn't really matter what your state of charge is. So if you plug into a J1776 plug with like six kilowatts of power, you're going to get roughly, um, you know, like 18 miles, miles 16, yeah. 18 miles. And if you plug into the NEMA 1040, which is that 50 amp dryer plug, you're going to get closer to 28 miles per hour. And those rates do not change even if you're nearing absolute full capacity. But on a supercharger, normally you'd get maybe as low as 60 or 70 miles per hour of charge when your car is almost full. And this supercharger was at half that. And that was really an anomaly. And then Andrew goes on to say, P.S., full disclosure, I don't own a Tesla yet. Then he says, P.P.S., Mel, never lose Electrek if, heaven forbid, they ever go out of business. Buy the domain name yourself. Good advice. And then PPS, PPPPS, Tom. Oh. Just get a leaf. This is what set you off, isn't it's it? It's painful, painful yeah. to listen to you talk through the whole show, yeah. encouraging EV adoption, and then drive an ice car purely because you want a white car rather than a light silver one. Not the only reason. <laughs> so, what the hell ever. Don't like two tone paint or simply aren't a insert manufacturer here guy. So I think he's like, I'm not a Chevy guy. I'm not a right. Ford guy, whatever. Could, could you Just not get go off again? something Please. and share your real reasons for not doing so, which I feel like I have. Do you guys feel like I haven't shared my real reasons? Because the decision is not clear cut. I think you've had uh, mm-hmm. your say. It's more complicated than that. Frank Van Hossel mm-hmm. um, sends us a video. Frank is a rock star. Sends us a video of him and the Tesla. They're driving along. And the Tesla looks underneath the car in front of it to the car that's in front of that car and it freaks out and it flashes a light and he goes, I really cannot remember if the car or me hit the brake, but I hit the brake. And he has a dash cam and it shows a big car accident right in front of him, cars flipping over, death and destruction. I first saw this on Tesla Rati. Well, at least destruction. Yeah, well, yeah, no death, but destruction. I first saw this on Tesla Radio and I showed everybody. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. I was showing it to Dave Mason, who just got a Tesla. You heard him on the show last week, who said he was almost in tears because he was saying, look, the nice car saved the people's life. And then it turns out this is the video. And he's listening to the show. So, you know what, Frank? Um, very cool video, Frank, and amazing uh, illustration of what autonomous driving could actually do for us. I have to thank Frank for being the straw. Frank is the straw. 
that made me tip over and actually put in my reservation on December 28th. Oh, you 28th. saw that video and you're like, I saw that video have. and I thought, you know what? I see so much shit on the highways here in Southern California, especially now with the rain and then on my trip with all of the snow and the sliding mm-hmm. and the water and the ice on the road and not having a four-wheel drive car. And I thought, Frank, you've made me decide this. And, and if I get divorced, Frank, it's your fault <laughs> i'll go one step further on you okay you see this accident yes this particular accident was not and i repeat not prevented because of autopilot right it's okay. some feature of autopilot right it's yes. some feature that you can see the car under the car that feature and the warning and the car ability to break itself which mercedes has had for a very very long time that feature can be put in any car, regardless of whether or not the car is literally driving itself already. So this is a this is something that because you see things like this happen, this should be in every car as soon as possible. It should be mandated, right? This part of the whole autopilot suite of features, let's call them, is something that literally saved this family's life, maybe. Um, I, Can you have literally and maybe in this? Yeah, sentence? no, I don't think so. Um we are going to have crashes in autonomous vehicles and they are going to make the headlines. And it's important to see videos like this to remind you, remind us that uh, they're also preventing accidents. And we hope to get a lot of data on this. But it is impressive. So thanks to Frank. Look, uh, Patrick. I, I was going to say, I'm just glad to see when I watched the video after I've seen it now 15 times. Yeah. It was really comforting for me to see that there's idiot looky loo drivers in other countries besides here. Because if you look at the traffic on the other side of the barrier of this highway, everybody slows down. Like, what are they going to do? Get out and do CPR? Not. Um, actually, actually good to, I showed my son this because he is in fact driving our ex-ice car. Um, it's not your ex-ice car. It's, it's actually an ice an car ex- you own. It's still yeah. an ice car. And it's an SUV. And with without much provocation, this SUV just flips and goes upside down, which SUVs tend to do. And I was telling uh, my son, who drives that car, be careful in that car. I had a friend Drive flip slowly. his SUV three times in the, on the 395 once. It's really frightening. Scared. It's so – one of the great things about a Tesla, for those of you that don't know, is it's really hard to flip a Tesla because all of the weight is in the bottom. And the other thing is Frank was saying that they were all speaking in Dutch. Oh, gosh. Because it's from the it's Netherlands. Because they're from Sweden. Yes, no. go on. And that no, everybody was worried that they're maybe going to get hit from right, the rear. And I thought, is that really possible with a Tesla wrapped in this iridescent green? Wouldn't everybody <laughs> stop for this car? That's a great wrap. It's a beautiful car. Look, I got to go on. Patrick uh, from uh, Patrick from I don't know <laughs> where. From somewhere. It's from somewhere. From says <laughs> he thinks one of the uh, the least discussed but most important features of the software upgrade to 8.0 is the ability of the Tesla to stop the cabin overheating. Puppy protection. The puppy and baby protection, and I think that is actually a big deal. And I think I talked about it a few weeks ago, where uh, one of relative of mine left his two beloved dogs in the car by accident, and both of them died from heat stroke. This kind of stuff would stop that happening. And all again, I will admit, all cars should could have this feature, right? right? Like even if your battery, even if it drains your battery on your ice car, they should be able to figure out. Well, it depends on if the air conditioning runs off electricity or off of a pump right. that's right. attached yeah. to the motor. That's but an maybe ice. that maybe it like can lower the window, like something to at least circulate some air out of it. The technology 
should exist if this happens. It yeah, but that's because car companies are run by car company people, not tech company people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And he and he says, Patrick says, all vehicles with more than 200 miles of electric range, because obviously this technology is easier in an electric car. Much Go team easier. Tesla. Right. Push the envelope. Right. Should, and I've got to say, uh, you know, as an example of this, you can run the air conditioner in your car for a very long time on a full charge. I took my son a couple of years ago in my Tesla, and he went and paintballed, and I didn't want to paintball. I had an injury, and he was with his buddy, and I sat in my car for six hours in the heat with the air conditioner on on a laptop, and I used like two miles of range. Nice. What a great dad. Uh, I'm, a gr- I'm a wonderful father, you just asked me. Terry Colgrove sent us um, an email, and I don't know if there's a conflict of interest. I don't know if Terry's an investor or if he's part of this, but he sent us a video about this thing called SolPad, and it is really interesting, and we'll put it in the show notes, and I suggest you look at it, but it's basically – a new type of solar panel that takes all of the stuff that we have. There's not one piece of new technology in this solar panel, but it takes a solar panel plus electronics plus an inverter plus a battery and um, some software on iOS devices and some controllers. You put it all together and what you get is a really smart solar panel. Solar panel that will actually have its own battery backup. Solar panel that you can click into other solar panels. Solar panel that you can actually use as a portable uh, device. It is really cool. Now, it looks like these are not being sold yet. It uh, looks like this is a venture capital funded thing, but it is an example of where this technology is going. Once you add electronics and solar energy and batteries all together, you can do some pretty remarkable things, particularly, I think, in the developing world where you can just throw one of these out during the day, charge up your panel, then plug in your toaster or plug in your light at night. Uh, Toasters use a lot of energy. But... um, Really interesting video, and I suggest you go check it out. I like this kind of a thing for stealth energy production. So, you know, you may not have net metering where you're at, but you could plug one of these things into your home, and it has a little controller. And during the day, uh, when the electricity prices are high, it can uh, put energy back into your home so that it lowers your energy bill. And at night, it can actually suck energy out of the grid when the prices are low and charge its own battery up. So it's a multi-use product. And I think it's a great idea. It just depends on the numbers, right? How long will it take to pay it off? Is it really expensive? Do you want to just use it to be green, etc.? Yeah. And so I didn't explicitly say that. Yeah. You can also use these, as you said, to plug into your wall outlet to energize your house to reduce energy. This plug-in solar thing that we talked about a few weeks ago, which is It's really starting to take off now because of the inverter technology that allows you to do that safely. Andrew McLeod um, says uh, the pano roof. So we talked about the pano roof and you opened with there's the glass roof, there's there's the the sun sun roof, and and then there's the body color roof, the normal roof. And he's in Tucson, Arizona, which is um, as hot as hell. Actually, Tucson's up Oh, you're right. Tucson is the hot one, not Flagstaff. Tucson is really hot. And he says you'll find, Mel, that uh, it works fine even in really hot climates with lots of sun. And in fact, Tesla sells a shade if you need to get extra shading. So don't worry. The best thing about this sunroof is that you can pop it open and you can vent the car. And he thinks it's fantastic. Did you order the shade? I have not yet because it's the middle of winter. It's going to be hot soon. Well, in a few months. I'm just saying. I'll wait for it. I mean, you don't know what the lead time is on the the shade gig. And there's always there's always the ceramic uh, coating that you can have put inside the window. You don't have to tint it. 
This is what I've learned because I use tint on my windows and I'm kind of regretting it because at night when I'm pulling out of my driveway, looking through the back windows, which you can tint as dark as you want in California, it's just harder to see. And I find myself lowering the windows to back up and look for traffic coming from either direction. But you can buy this ceramic coat they put on in clear, but it's got a metallic material in it that reflects an awful lot of the heat. So are you going to put that in your new car? I will. Okay. And what it costs? Uh, when I had it done, I think I did it with a, um, what's it called? A uh, Not a gizmo. It's one of these on, uh, uh, on one of the apps on your phone where you can get deals. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a Groupon? Groupon, that's it. And so I did it with Groupon and it was like about $220. Okay. They wow. did a good job. They did a fantastic job. They did everything but the front window. And now I'm learning you can do the front window as well. Why not? So it's a clear coat that you put on the inside inside of the window. Yeah, it's like window tinting, but it's clear. But it has a ceramic material in it or a a metallic material in it. And it reflects like 80% of the heat waves. I should put that on my windows at home. I should put that on my bald head. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. Okay, uh, Bernard... Now, help me out here. Spatzholz. Spatzholz? Sorry, I didn't read that right. Spatzholz? Spatzholz. He says, uh, look, uh, you guys should uh, sort of push the idea of going to do sort of, I would call it ecotourism. Like, I really like to go and look at uh, energy being produced that is clean. So I love to go look at solar farms and, and wind turbines and stuff. And he's like, yeah, we should do this. And I like this idea. We could start a whole new website. And you could drive around uh, burning a lot of electricity looking at where the electricity came from. And we talked about this, I think, very, very early on in the yeah, show yeah. where we were going to do like when we went find a cool thing near the supercharger. Right. When I we went to a Tuscadero driving up in uh, towards the central part that is California. Dope. And we went to a Tuscadero and I was like at the supercharger, which isn't, a, you know, there's nothing so exciting there. But if you just go one block north, there's this wonderful historic hotel. I ended up walking all through the hotel. They gave me a tour. They showed me all these rooms. And by the time I got back to the car, somebody was waiting for me to unplug. Not. It's actually a Tuscadero is not a, uh, a very popular supercharger, but okay. there's lots of cool things. It was a great you know, beer garden there. So yeah, there should be more info. Tesla's website, when you look up any particular supercharger location, will list sort of the basics nearby, like a toilet, a Wi-Fi, a coffee. But they don't get into the sort of like fun things Mm -hmm. that you can do in that area and probably should have a click-through to some other website, probably Talking Tesla, where we can assemble what's great at all these superchargers. And there are a ton of superchargers. Right, so you should definitely start compiling that list. I think that would be fascinating. However, I will give you one caveat. Don't go too far from your Tesla because there could be someone waiting to charge it and that person could be Mel. That's right. Michael (laughs) Sullivan says green investing. He's uh, been doing this for a while and he suggests a thing called Wonder Capital. I suggest you go check it out. Again, uh, we make no... um, uh, Have you had your CAT scan, Mel? Uh, we make no uh, recommendations. We make no recommendations about um, investing because you'd need a CAT scan to take recommendations from us. But he says this in the email, which is very important. Yes, now, in regards important. to the tick that is Mel's, you aren't being consistent, mate. You say the cakes which are hot. That is correct. You are stating the noun, then using the descriptor. But you say the new that is Zealand, which is wrong. It is the Zealand, which is new. Let's get it right next time. Well, at least we know who the podcasters that are the dumbest. And that would be 
Well, at least we know who the podcasters that is dumbest is, is what he really oh. said. But I don't know <laughs> then, if that really sort of works out very well. He then tries when, to explain to us the difference between kilowatts and kilowatt hours, and it's very good. In we, a very good way, actually. So yeah. uh, he says, look, if you're driving at 60 miles an hour, you haven't gone 60 miles in an instant. But if you go 60 miles an hour... For one hour, you've gone 60 miles, and that's like kilowatts versus kilowatt hours. Except it's inverse. (laughs) If you charge at 10 kilowatts for exactly one hour, you have used 10 kilowatt hours. hours. John Ford. We still won't remember it, but thanks. John Ford says this, the speed at which you can charge a battery is called what? The C rate. The C rate. As in letter C. The maximum C. And so – you, we talked about, you know, can you charge a Tesla one day in the future in three minutes? Well, it'll depend on the C rate. We don't know what the C rate for the new battery packs is, the 2170 um, cells. But we are hoping that that C rate is four or higher because that would allow us to charge the car at a very high rate, somewhere around that five to 10 minutes to 80% charge. So very useful information about the C rate. Thanks, John. Kurt Alderman. Uh, what did he do here, Kurt? He Kurt, farms Kurt? carbon. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> He's a carbon farmer. This is very interesting. So Kurt um, says, just because you're raising cattle doesn't mean that all the methane from the farting c- destroys the planet. Because if you actually raise them correctly and if you farm correctly, you can actually put more – sequest more carbon from the poopy and the growing of, of things and the way you farm than uh, that comes out of the buttocks of the cow. I don't know. understand this. It sounds good. Yeah, it's like laying down the carbon that we are now pumping out of the ground that was from millions of years ago. He's just saying, how can we put more carbon into the soil? And it's through different type of farming practices. So the easy way to put more, uh, sequester more carbon is to like grow forests. But I guess there's more things than you can do than just growing forests. They go kind of slow in relation to how much of this stuff we're pumping out. Well, some of it what happens is, is in a, in a normal commercial farm that's generally using a lot of fertilizers, right? It's grabbing – like people have to produce those carbons and things, right, to, to re-energize the, the soil. As the plants grow, they take that stuff out of the soil. In real sustainable farming, you have to do like multiple cover crops between your sort of sale crops. And a lot of farmers don't do this because it costs a lot of money to do that. And the cost of the actual sellable crop when you're keeping your soil healthy is very, very difficult. There is a couple of wheat farmers that have been doing this sort of thing for a very, very long time. And he actually produces like seven crops in the time between his two wheat crops, he grows seven different things and just tills them into the soil. And recently, some local restaurateurs around – I can't remember who this guy's name is, but I'll try to find it for the next show – have started to take those different sorts of grains and things that are not normally sellable and turn it into sort of this this meal, this dish on the menu so that farmer can get money from those crops. Right? It's sort of like everybody wants the white winter wheat – but to get that, you have to buy the other stuff that makes the soil it in and of itself stay nutritious so you don't have to put other fertilizers on it. It's a fascinating concept. Let's talk to uh, here with Andrew Bone who says, first of all, and this is the most important thing, Tom, Tom is the smart one. That is pretty pretty important. I think that's very important. He uh, is in a place where he was paying a really low amount of money for electricity, like 6.5 cents per kilowatt hour. But he, through his um, company, now gets wind power 
or green energy for 5.35 cents per kilowatt hour. And a number of people are doing this. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but you basically say, I want to buy green electricity. And I think basically what your your uh, electric company is doing is basically buying shares or helping build a wind farm somewhere else. I actually have an interview for next week about this kind of um, system about uh, – we talked about sort of uh, community solar. I've got a really great interview that's coming up next week about that with some of the people that are actually doing this. But this is actually cheaper. He's paying less he's paying for less. it. So why is not everybody right here? He's saying over. he's paying less for the clean energy than the old coal-fired right. plant. And it, maybe it's because they're just not advertising it because he's paying actually less for the clean energy than the old coal energy. Yeah. The problem is that it's what's available. So if you go to the store to buy a loaf of bread and all they have is Wonder Bread, not to knock Wonder Bread, but I don't eat it, then you're not going to be buying spelt rye bread. And so the same thing for electric cars. If you go into the a car dealership and they happen to have a electric car among all their other cars, but they don't know anything about it. They don't have any of them for you to drive and they don't really have any, you know, there's all these barriers to get the damn electric car. You're not going to get an electric car. And then he asks about whether the premium, like he's thinking about getting an, a Tesla at one point and he asked specifically Mel about the premium upgrades package and whether it's worth it right. based on the cool air fanning your buttocks. What my personal I thing actually is, want to hear about that. We had a rental we had a rental car that didn't have the the tech package, I guess is what right. it's called. And it didn't and this is gonna sound really kind of stupid, but the it didn't have the automatic hatch. Right. You had to manually lift the hatch. And it's actually pretty heavy and goes up pretty high and it's a pain in the ass so i think for sure for that reason alone the tech package is worth it but mel what about the seats uh I've got to claim ignorance here. I don't know what's different about the seats in the car that I have now than the car that I had. They both warm. Do they do anything extra? Yes, they cool they supposed- your buttocks. You should be able to cool through those little perforations. Really? Well, yes. I haven't done that because it's been cold. So I didn't know that my buttocks could have a fan blowing through them, but that would so be So do worth, me a favor. Next it. time you're in the car and it's summertime here in San Fernando Valley yes. and you're about to get out of the car, put your hands under your butt. Cool them down so that when you handle the car handle, you don't have to complain oh, so much. Thank you. Oh, nice. Let's talk with uh, Neville Dunn now who says, Range Anxiety in Oz. It's a very interesting little um, email for me personally because he's talking about supercharges in Melbourne and Ballarat, which is you know, uh, an, an hour or so from Melbourne. Yeah, saying I know, that there I know is, that. There's yeah. almost no Teslas in that area, but there is a supercharger, and he's not exactly sure why. But uh, it's a beautiful supercharger station with no Tesla. He says there's only six Teslas in that area, but they have a supercharger because they're trying to build this corridor from South Australia to Melbourne to Sydney maybe, up the coast. Maybe this indicates something that we're not aware of, like there are – a shit ton of Model 3s on order in Australia. Australia, yes. And this is in preparation for it. In fact, this Tesla supercharger installation looks like it has even more room for expansion. They have pads on which there are no Tesla, um, whatever that stand is called, it's escaping me, but they have room for more. Yeah, charger upright, bollard, whatever. And, um, And it looks like there's room for more expansion, but they haven't even opened this one. There's still a gate around it. Are you talking about this little thing right here, Robert? Aye. Okay. I think that's just affirmative. So they're building infrastructure before they have cars. Um, Tesla has been a little disappointed with sales of Teslas in Australia, and they're not sure why. I can tell you why. Because they're twice the price of the hour here, because Mm. all cars in Australia are twice the price. And so once you get up to a $100,000 car that turns into $200,000 because you're in Australia – 
There's not that many people in Australia that are going to, going to buy it. Is that because it takes car. a long? It takes a lot of uh, ship time to get it over there, or that's because they have a lot of import taxes and they drive on nice. the wrong side of the road. So these so Teslas what, are built specifically for the few countries that are still driving on the wrong side of the road. So that's that's going to be what's going to happen here, then, right? Because we're putting tariffs on everything that's going to be imported to the United States because exactly. we're going to dump all our trade agreements. But Tesla is an American company, so it'll be fine. Yeah, but and he also asks whether or not if he. <laughs> visited your mutual friend Bruce, the Wallaby Whisperer, about 250 kilometers from Outback Staywell with the electric petrol gauge showing 440 kilometers to start. Will he make it with the beer fridge in the back of the car drawing one and a half amps an hour? There's way too much math there, but if you don't make it, you've got beer, so you're (laughs) fine. It's all good, bro. You can wait for the flatbed to drag you wherever you need to go. Only an Australian would ask about the implications <laughs> of a beer fridge. It's so genius. It's... The autopilot and a beer fridge. Oh, my gosh. Sign me it's up. pretty awesome. Michael yeah. Sullivan uh, sends us a, a link that's about organ donation saying, when you have autonomous vehicles, Dark you can have a lot less crashes, therefore you're going to have a lot less organ donation, and uh, that's a good thing? It's it's a dark email, but from your guys' perspective, right. and I don't know the answer to this question, do in your, your careers yes. – when uh, somebody has come into the ED that's expired and maybe their organs could be used to help other people survive, mm-hmm. yes. has that happened a lot to you? A, first question, yes Not or no? Pers- well, well, a lot. A couple, any, a lot. Uh, a couple of times. Absolutely. I've been involved with that multiple times. Okay. Yes. And we're all in all most of those instances motor vehicle accidents? In my case, I think probably all of them were. Okay. Well, no, at, at County USC, there was gunshot wounds. Um, there's that were also, but there's a lots lot of, of harvesting of other things besides live beating organs. But, but it's, it's very easily solved. Very easily solved. And how is that solved? We just uh, repeal all the motorcycle helmet laws. <laughs> yeah. oh, because those, this got really dark. <laughs> this is true. This is true. There are many states yeah. in which there are no motorcycle helmet laws, and those are the states that supply most of the kidneys, livers, and hearts. To organ donation programs. It is uh, is dark. It is dark. And let's move on. It's insane. If you ride a bicycle or a motorcycle without a helmet, you are officially an organ donor. My my limit to my son was when you're on wheels, you wear a helmet. And in fact, there is an Australian physician who makes a very cogent argument for wearing a helmet in your car and has done the math on it. And there's a picture of him in Australia driving around with his family with helmets in the car. It looks completely ridiculous, so it's not going to happen. But if you're on a bike, you absolutely should do it. Daniel Berman says, uh, I went to a local tester showroom to look at cars. I'm debating on a Model S or a Model X. So, boys, which one would you get if I gave you a hundred grand today oh, for please, free? Can you please give me a hundred grand today. <laughs> uh, I'll just get it in a second. I'm just going to go to the room. But while I'm getting it, which car would you get if money is no option? Which, which car would you get? I'm getting the S. Why the S? I just don't like the X. That's just me personally. Uh, he claims, Daniel says it has more presence. I get it. I just don't like it. I don't, I don't, I just don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it was designed. The front end of it, a friend of mine, and don't, you know, this may get a letter. A friend of mine was like, it looks like a Prius kind of pumped up on steroids from the front, and it oh. kind of does a little bit. It's because they don't need to cool any kind of an engine. So they don't need a radiator. They don't need all that drag and all that open right. space. And they, but they could have used some design. I would only get an S because that's all I need. I think you should only buy what you need. And my only other question is who's 
whose referral code did you use? Because I wish you'd use But do mine. you think, but like, so you, here's a, here's a lovely example for you. You are, of the three of us, the one that has, as of recently, done the most road trips in your car. Yes. Right? And so, and you drive an S, and you no know issues at all with, tr- like, luggage availability. Not only do we travel with luggage but we travel with a flipping bicycle like a 60 or 62 centimeter bicycle which is a big bicycle and i don't have a roof rack because i don't have right. the yes. sun roof yeah. which would put a rack on it but that would also mess up your drag and you'd lower your range and so we stick the bike in the car yeah. and so yeah it gets a little bit tight Right. When you're but wouldn't it be seat. nice if you had an X and you put you had the trailer mount, you had you could put your bikes on the back of it. But It'd that's the easier. same thing. I could, it's a drag thing. It wouldn't not on the back of the car. It's probably very very minimal because yeah. at that point the the air's kind of passed over, right? It's on the very back as long as it was kind of tightened right. as tight to the car, but it would be much easier for it to use that bike. True. You'd have a lot more room for storage, especially if you had that third row folded down. Meh. If you had the three center seats it's sort of like when i when i was at the burbank supercharger the car that pulled in next to me was an x i'm like dude move two spots over because you're going to slow down my charging <laughs> he didn't uh, and he so he raised his roof and his kid was in the, the back seats. seat just like laid down like they must have been on a road trip because he had like 15 blankets and he was just laid across the three it's like when you get into an airplane at, in the middle of the night and none of none of the seats in your row are taken oh, you right. just get to lay down and the nice thing about the x is that when the falcon wing doors open, yes. they, they hang out over the passenger compartment yeah. some ways. Shady. And if you're tall such as myself, I could lay out on the seat. My my body would still be covered. And there's even somebody who I saw online had done a video of snow falling with the falcon wing doors oh, open. Awesome. And none of the snow would fall in the car because they serve yeah. as like an umbrella. So, yeah, you could get some really good Zs in that car with the Falcon Wing but doors But none up. of that sort of sways you to, like, maybe no. an X? No. No, the X is ju- – I mean, the S is just so such a fantastic and cool car. So I have an X and an S, mm-hmm. and the ride – the smoothness of the ride of the S is significantly better than the X. Um Interesting. So when you're driving around, there's just a super silky smoothness to the S that doesn't exist in the X. The X sits up and it's much more pleasant to be sitting up high in that SUV-like thing. The, the other issue, which I haven't heard too many people talk about, is that sitting in the back of the X, at least in the seats that I have in a first-generation X, is really bumpy. Like if it's there's any mm. bumps in the road, you're like jiggling all over in the, the place. X. In the X. Interesting. And, I and it has air suspension, it. correct? Yes. And it has air suspension. It's a little weird. So it's mm. two very different rides. You just have to maybe have to just to sort of decide maybe which it's style a, you like. Maybe because it's a much heavier car, they had to beef up the suspension. So it's a very personal choice. Very personal. And everybody in this room, I think, is probably uh, S fans, it seems, more so than X fans. But... I could see there being a reason if you had a lot of stuff to get an X. I want a Model Y. Julian Smesh. Semsh. Smesh. Smesh. He's talking about uh, greenhouse emissions from livestock, saying it's 80% of greenhouse gases. We've talked about this a little bit in the past. And uh, I want to just sort of bring up again that moving from a meat eater to a vegetarian is kind of a big deal for a lot of people. I was a vegetarian for a while and it didn't stick. Um, but Tom does something that's very interesting and has done for a number of years. 
the idea of being a weekday vegetarian. So give us the summary of what that is, Tom. So you don't eat meat during the week? Any meat. Any meat during the week. No chicken. Right, no chicken during the week. And then on the weekends... Sardines. You can eat kind of whatever you want. Now, you can modify this a little bit, and I do occasionally do like where I'll, I'll only maybe have chicken at dinner time. It's kind of difficult with a family of four to kind of do that or whatever, but I don't eat very much red meat. And if I eat red meat, I almost do it exclusively on the weekends. And they talk about this because it's an easier way to fit it into your lifestyle. If you want to go to a barbecue and you want to sort of enjoy yourself on the weekend and you don't feel like you're sort of wasting your time. And what I will say is if you do do this, right, and you eat less red meat, you can eat better red meat. So you can go to, Mm. say, your Whole Foods or your farmer's market and buy your meat locally, right? So you know it's not being Amazonally rainforest destroyed, and you know your animals are sort of being treated humanely, and they may be on the pasture, they may be grass-fed or whatever it is. So you can reduce that impact. If you eat less of it, you spend more money on just better quality meat, and it just tastes better, and you enjoy it more, and that's what I've done for. And it's better for you going on three or four years. Yeah. It's just it's been it's worked out pretty well. Are you are you really harsh on this? Like, would you not no. eat a Caesar salad on Wednesday because no. it has an anchovy in it? No, that's not. William Blackenship, William Blackenship, Blankenship. It's pretty easy. It's just Blankenship. He basically says, uh, <laughs> "I'm in uh, San Luis Obispo, and you guys should uh, drop by one day and have dinner." So Tom's we a smart one. Slow uh, is awesome. I love slow. Rob Simmons. Rob Simmons uh, has a question for us, and it goes this way. Oh, my God. Um, this show was the best show. Which show was he talking Model about? S Model S for, S for the, the holidays. holidays. I don't think it, it answered so many questions I had. Loved hearing from the new Tesla owner. So this was last week's show where um, Dave, and Jess. Dave and Jess were driving all around, and they were newbies, and he loved the show, which is great. Thank you very much. So one question. When a Tesla calculates um, how far you're going to drive, and uh, you want to write uh, – Okay. When a Tesla calculates your driving – and where you stop to charge, can you input, I want to arrive with 80%, so where else can I stop? It, he wants to know how can you control where your final destination. So in his case, I think he, what he's saying is I'm about to go to a Motel 6 in the middle of nowhere that's not going to have a Tesla destination charger. I want to arrive at that place with 80% of charge because I know where I'm going to want to go from there and it's not near a supercharger. Can I try to get the calculation to do that is what he's trying to say so the summary here is that there is so much more that the app could do that the car could do for waypoint destinations and for how much charge you want when you get there and that stuff doesn't exist and i'm hoping that in the 8.1 update a lot of this type of um, technology will be introduced because it's really would be so easy for Tesla to do this. Well, yes and no. I mean, it's a little difficult. So like I'm in Moab, Utah. I need to drive to Grand Junction, Colorado. There's like Arches National Park I want to go see, which means you're going to take a side road and drive as much as 48 miles. And then, I mean, the calculations become a little more concerning. And this is probably what keeps a lot of people in their gas cars. Because it's easy to fill a gas car. There's a lot of gas stations. And then you don't have to think about it. And I use... 
Yes, Tom. No, go ahead. I use a number of tools. I use a laptop, yeah. number one, kind of a hassle. You go into a restaurant and you're linking up to your cell phone to use your laptop to figure out what's your next leg. But I use EV Trip Planner, mm-hmm. which was created by some like uh, you know teenager that's now one of the most popular websites for any electric vehicle driver. And mm-hmm. it like will help you to calculate how many people are in your car or what your car weighs, what mm-hmm. the temperature is inside, outside, and how fast you want to go in like multiples of the speed limit, 1.1, 1.2. And it's, it's got what type of car you have an 85, a 60, a 90, a hundred, whatever. And it's very useful. There's also the Tesla supercharger destination charger map. I'm going to put all these links in. I use Google maps, which gives you, you know, very, it allows you to to put different routes in and multiple stops. And then there's the plug share phone app. And that's a good one so that you can check the reliability of plan uh, charger stops. So you'll see like when I was going to uh, Green River, this supercharger I keep harping on, uh, and I all of a sudden the Tesla car showed me on the map that there was a, a charger that wasn't working. I was screwed. I went on plug share and I actually saw that a, like six people in the week before had gotten there and charged up. But you've actually made his point, which is you can do all this with different uh, apps and uh, all this other crap that you're doing. This could all be done in one single app. It could all be done by Tesla. Yeah. They need to get their act together because all the data is there. Yeah. Bring it into one place so that you don't have to be a super geek like uh, the young fellow over here and just have it in the app. Make it just happen. Make it happen in the car. Ideally, you would open up, you would get in your car, you would open up your navigation system and even on the Tesla, maybe on the Tesla app, you would plan your trip and when you got into the car, it would sort of sync up to the map right. on the car itself. Maybe that makes your life a little bit easier. But worst case scenario, you get in the car and you push. It says, like, where do you want to go? And you can just push on the screen. This is a destination. This is a destination. I want to go right. see this. I want to go see that. I want to go see this. Yeah. And then Tesla can be like, okay, there's a supercharger here. You're going to have to stop for this amount of time. There's a destination charger here. Oh, we know there's a dryer plug at this RV park. Like it, All right. that information exists. And like Mel's saying, compile it on the thing. Make it an easy touchscreen interface while you're sitting in your car. Right. And again, things change. What if you're driving down the highway and you're you see a sign like 30 miles to X, Y, and Z? You'd be like, oh, I want to throw that in there. Let's see what if we can do that right, right now. Let the car recalculate it. That would be pretty awesome. And yes. you know, one of the cool things about Google Maps is that you can take your route and you can basically pull the little blue line, which is your route, and move it. I want to go over here. Yes. And all of this should be possible, is possible. Tesla, if you're listening, hello. Get on on the stick, man. Let's get busy. Uh, Diego Quivero, who has been on the program many times, says, you know that AT&T killed off its 2G service, making the current uh, first generation's Leafs basically useless? Did you know that? That, I uh, didn't know that until I read this last night. So So he's talking about the telematics control unit. Yeah, so all of those sort of over the up. Over the air upgrades for your Leaf don't work no, on the first like generation. Your, your app won't talk to your car anymore, right? So you can't. That's upsetting. So you can't do it. So you need to upgrade the to the three G TCU for two hundred dollars. So my guess is you have to take your Leaf over to the dealer, and luckily it's a Leaf. So my guess is the Nissan dealers actually have heard of the car. <laughs> uh, and they'll be able to take care of this for you. But it's a couple hundred dollars upgrade. But it's important information. So if you have an older Leaf that doesn't have this 3G TCU and you're you're wondering now why it doesn't communicate with your app, this is why. And you should have it fixed. I wonder if that applies to other types of Nissan cars. Yeah, maybe. Andre Rodriguez. Very nice. Did you like that? Mm-hmm. Thank you. He's from Portugal. 
And uh, he's got a couple of things to say here. First of all, thank you, Mel, for pronouncing my name quite well. I hope I just did it again. I hope so too. Um, he says there's a new documentary that you should check out. I haven't looked at it yet, but I will. And he said, have a safe trip to the Zealand that is new. Thank you very it. much. And if we ever go to Portugal, we should come and visit him because in Portugal, they generate 57% of their energy using renewables. That would be a good tourist destination spot. I would love to go to Portugal. There's so Me many too. more letters. I want oh, to drink a Porto in this over two and a half hours right is now. a record. <laughs> Joe Gills? Gillard Giles. Gillard Giles. What's Joe got to say here? Giles. Joe Giles. Sounds like a jazz singer, Joe Giles. What's he got to say? So he was asking specifically, he's the proud owner of a, a proud new owner of a 2013 Tesla RAV4 EV, and he has a 2011 Nissan Leaf SL that he needs to sell. One time that one thing that you guys have touched on is the rapid depreciation of electric vehicles, particularly the non-Tesla vehicles, right? Some of this he claims is probably the effect of the tax incentives. Do you know anything on the horizon as far as aftermarket battery packs that could meet or exceed the current things? I have never heard of anything like this available. It is possible that this could happen much much more down the line. It would make a whole lot of sense in the Leafs because there are so many of them as far as electric vehicles go um, out there from just an economic standpoint. One of his questions, I think, is sort of, will do you see that the Gigafactory, let's say the Gigafactory gets to this massive capacity and they have all this extra capacity, even beyond the power packs and the power walls and the cars that they're making? Yeah. Could they, could Nissan come to them and say, hey, could you make 80 kilowatt power packs that we could put in all these old Nissan Leafs right. and then maybe offer an adaption? He's asking all kinds of stuff like that. You know, this takes like a, a an interesting amalgam of mm-hmm. car mechanics knowledge as well as electro electrical mechanics mm-hmm. knowledge and design and engineering. And so this just reminds me of a guy who was featured in the uh, Who Killed the Electric Car or, or uh, Revenge of the Electric Car uh-huh. gadget who runs this, organiz- uh, this company, Left Coast EVs, here in L.A. Mm-hmm. And he's basically converted all kinds of vehicles, most famously a Porsche Speedster he converted with lithium-ion batteries. And so that's the kind of guy who can yeah. probably speak more to this. Maybe uh-huh. we can get him on the show. That would be cool. Yeah, and the interesting, you know, the the main kind of crux, I think, of this question is, right, he's talking about first-generation Nissan Leafs. Will they be on the road after 10 years? And 10 years is not really the end of life for most for the rest of the car, right. for the most part. But the battery pack, again, the ICE car that I'm driving right now is 25 years old. Wow. And it's still dry. It's got 50,000 miles on it in right. 25 years, which is less than your three-year-old Tesla True has that. on it, which is amazing. One of the reasons why I'm still driving it, honestly. Um, but so, yeah, we'll, it makes sense that somebody would be able to do this, but it's about economics of how much those battery packs cost. My guess is it's not just going to be some random third-party person, but it it does open itself up to the gigafactory sort of it's like a whole new industry yeah yeah, yeah. you know scra- scrapping together mm-hmm. extra battery runs and putting them in batteries and then making them work in other cars because all these cars use varying versions yeah. of charge mechanisms and right. de- tra- and, and uh, degrading mechanisms and right. then you wrote a note here yeah so very concerning concerning yeah from the, the chevy bolt manual did you read this in the battery because yeah. i asked the woman what this went and and i believe the nissan leaf right now is the only car 
that shows you sort of like how where your battery de- degradation state is with those little things, which is what causes so much consternation. And apparently, like if you lose three of those dots uh-huh. inside the warranty period, Nissan will give you they they're sort of required to give you a new battery. I asked the Bolt lady what that degrading percentage was, and she didn't think that there was an indicator in the car. And right. I don't I don't know. But my question to her was, so let's say in a year, my car will only max charge to 160. Does that trigger the warranty? Like, what is the degradation right. that triggers triggers the warranty? And this is a big range, according to yeah, you. Yeah, so the battery man- – I'm sorry, the, the Chevy Bolt manual states it can degrade between 10 and 40% during the warranty period. That's a lot. And I don't know if that's just their way of keeping you from bugging them. Because your battery seems to be degrading. They can say, well, you know, you bought the car and it could be up to 40%. So it kind of gets them off the hook, but it sure does not look good. That's 104 less miles range than the current 239 state. Well, we actually talked about this a few weeks ago. And it seems to be this is a cover your butt thing because the battery degradation in the Volt with the V has been essentially zero in cars that have been around for six years. Right. So... We don't know if they're using different battery technology, but it seems to be that the, the consensus pack. opinion is that this is a cover your butt because they're not really sure how quickly it's going to degrade. What pisses me off about this covering your butt business is that it just fuels the the haters, the people who are anti-EV. Because when I went and bought my uh, Prius, the plug-in Prius, the first thing I heard from multiple people, including family members who really bugged me, was that, you know, what are you going to do when the battery dies? The battery's going to die, blah, blah, blah. And this was like this myth that's been promulgated probably by the fossil fuel industry or the regular car manufacturers. And this at all does not help. Doesn't no, it help. doesn't help. But but again, like if it takes 104 miles to trigger of of range off to trigger that warranty, there's a whole lot of time that you're you could theoretically be driving a Bolt that's got 140 miles range, 120 miles range, even yeah. 160 miles of range. That's kind of a bummer, right? If they're like when like am I going to have to start complaining like a mother at 10 percent? complain even worse at 20% to get them to replace the battery. And God knows, Tom, we don't want you complaining. Time will tell to how quickly it degrades. Thomas Quinton says, uh, look, I was going to buy a Tesla Powerwall, but I'm a bit confused. If I put 30 kilowatt hours of energy into that, is that going to increase my utility bill? And the answer is, yeah, of course it is, um, if you don't have solar panels. But you'll get it back when you discharge that battery. Right. Isn't that what he asked? Well, you're getting it back. Well, what he's asking is he wants to know is it a direct correlation between right. charging – if he puts 30 kilowatt hours of energy into his battery, is that using 30 kilowatt hours of energy from his electricity? It is. It is a direct correlation. Yes. It is a one-to-one correlation. However, it's it's not – it's no different because if you're using 30 kilowatt hours of energy in your home to run your dishwasher, to run your other things, you're still using that energy. So you're – you're saying back there was a little weird. Yes, he's going to use that kilowatt hours in his car, and he'll. There, there may be a tiny bit of efficiency lost, but I doubt it. You it's know, a, like, well, they're about ninety-eight percent efficient. I'm. It's. I think I may have missed the point. I of think you his did. Yeah, he wanted to know letter. about the direct correlation between usage. In, like if he has a 100 kilowatt hour battery yes. and he fully charges it at home, yes. is that 100 kilowatt hours of energy? It is. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. So it's probably – to put it in your battery, you're going to lose a bit. But it's only about 
one or two percent. But it that's is a what direct is correlation. But it is a direct correlation. And the reason you buy a battery, if you're doing it for economic reasons, is that you charge up your battery when it's cheap electricity, if you have that system in your local area, and you use that battery energy when it's expensive. So therefore, you're actually using cheaper electricity during the expensive time. So he keeps talking about a Tesla. So I thought he was talking about a car. Of course, now Tesla and Tesla Powerwall, it all could be called a Tesla. But I was thinking that, you know, in my case, the place where I charge my car is is probably 75 feet away from where the meter is. So power comes from the line. It hits my house. It goes through a meter. That's where I pay for the electricity. Now, if I send that electricity 75 feet away and charge my car, there's going to be some energy loss. I think it's negligible, but that wire is going to get hot as the power flows through it, and I'm going to lose, I don't know, fractions of that power. So in truth and reality, there is going to be some energy loss because of the transmission of the electricity, but I don't think it's anything you should worry about. But, his, but it's not going to diminish his usage. Right, so like he asked no, this very specific question. Yield. He uses 100 kilowatt hours per day. He plugs in a Tesla, charges 20 kilowatt hours every night. Is his new usage 120 kilowatt hours per day? It absolutely 100% is. Unless you're saying, does he get 20 kilowatt hours of electricity at his Tesla, and he runs a line right, all so the way to it? So maybe it's 19.5, but his usage, as far as his five. bill is concerned. Is going to be that hundred. Is going to mm-hmm. be that additional mm-hmm. twenty kilowatt hours. Let us value. finish with this because, oh my word! <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Oh, this, Andy. This is a long talking Tesla, and this is the perfect way to finish. <laughs> Andy McLeod says this: um, "Happy New Year, gentlemen. I've always enjoyed the shit ton litany. Just this morning, I learned of a third ton, the long ton. So you've got your US ton, which uh-huh. is two thousand pounds. Yeah. You've got your metric ton, which is two thousand two hundred and five pounds, or one thousand kilos. You've got your long long ton, which is two thousand two hundred and forty pounds. Don't know what that means. So now uh, we have this, Tom. You ready? Uh huh. Tom, you've got your you got your metric ton. Uh huh. You got your long ton. Yeah. You got your short ton. Yeah. And you've got your shit ton. You got your shit ton. Thank That's you. Right. There's an extra Very ton on the list. Andy, so this excellent. show qualifies Both. as shit ton. This, this is the shit ton of talking Tesla, by far the longest ever, and frankly, one of the greatest. It's been a good one. Yeah. Oh. Tom was angry, and Robert was sad, and I was <laughs> jet lagged, and, <laughs> and we had shit tons. And hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm sorry. The first show of the new year. We're back. The longest show <laughs> in the history of the show. I'm ever. sorry. We're back. And Mel will be editing it. This show will, if you got this show on Thursday, uh, it's, it's because it's- Mel <laughs> had to edit it for a month and a half. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, we're back. I'm sorry. And now we're out. See ya. Talking Adios. Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Produced by Mel Herbert and CC Herbert. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. If you love the show, write us a review on iTunes.